You know, Tony, I think when people tuned in to what happened when today, they were expecting me to shill really, really hard for Starcast. Yeah. All right. Well, here goes. Now, not only can you get the show live and on demand in glorious HD, you can win a trip to Las Vegas. We're calling it the High Roller Contest, Tony. Have you heard about this? The High Roller Contest? Yeah, check oh, it out. Oh, please tell. Yeah. All you've got to do is order StarCast on Fight at StarCastOnFight.com. You're going to get more than 20 live stage shows, nearly 40 hours worth of content for one low price, only 59 bucks. And as long as you order before midnight on April 23rd, you'll lock in that great price, but you'll automatically be entered into this high roller contest. Now, what does that mean? Exactly. It means you get two round trip airfares from anywhere in the world for you and a friend to come to Las Vegas. And of course, when you get there, we've got you in a hotel suite for four nights. Not only that, you've also got a platinum bracelet to Starcast, which means you get to see all 22 shows live. But as if that wasn't enough, you get every single meet and greet. If you've seen them advertised, if they're at Starcast, you're included. You've got that. Plus, you've got VIP to the after party. And the after party for what? Well, double or nothing. You're going to that too. It's AEW's very first pay per view. And you've got two front row tickets. That's right. You heard me right. Two front row tickets to the biggest show of the year, a platinum band. And how about this? Every single meet and greet, all your hotel expenses covered as well. Four nights in a hotel suite and two round trip tickets from anywhere in the world to Las Vegas. All you've got to do is go to starcastonfight.com right now and pre-order. And for just 59 bucks, you get all the shows. So everybody's a winner. But if we pick your name on April 24th, whew, going to be awesome check it out it's starcastonfight.com s-t-a-r-r-c-a-s-t-o-n-f-i-t-e.com there's two r's in starcast and fight is f-i-t-e it's starcastonfight.com Thompson, and you're listening to What Happened When with Tony Schiavone. Tony, what's going on, man? How are you? How you doing, buddy? Man, feeling good tonight? Feeling I, good today? Huh? Well, I survived. Okay? We survived <laughs> WrestleMania weekend. Yeah, boy. New York City. You know, I can't believe I actually got you out of the house, man. Don't you have baseball? 
Uh, yeah, I do. But uh, I was able to. I was. I was unable to do uh, Thursday and Friday, and that's when uh, MLW had their tapings. But I was able to get out Saturday uh, and be at WrestleCon. I uh, was able to spend uh, all WrestleMania Day in the New York area, and then of course uh, for our show on Monday. So we, uh, yeah, man, we did. Uh, I, I survived, and I was able to get out, and I'm going to be able to get out for Starcast. I'm going to be able to get out for St. Louis and Baltimore coming up. Hopefully, I'll be able to get out when we go to uh, SummerSlam. So a big summer is upon us already, Conrad. Well, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, it's going to be a blast. We had a tremendous time this past week. And uh, the rumor in innuendo is that we've already got tickets on sale right now for both St. Louis and Baltimore. Our first trips for both of those Check us out on social media. We would love to have an opportunity for you to come out and see our show. Uh, I'm pretty fired up about this, man. I've been looking forward to this one for a long time. And, and the idea that you're actually going to get out of the house a little bit. Come on, come on. You know, we are going to have a lot of our, a lot of our friends who are on, uh, Patron or Patreon, if you will, a lot of the low key big hogs, I understand from the chat, the recent chat I had on Patreon, a lot of them are coming to St. Louis to see us. Well, I'm excited about that. And, you know, I wonder if, if those guys, if they're making the trip, if they need to uh, make a little extra money driving, because you figured out how to do that. Didn't you, Tony? I figured out how to do it. I figured out with Atlas Van Lines. And the reason I figured out that is that, and this blew me away when our buddy Brett, the hitman Hartman told us you can make between 143,000 and 197,000 on average per year, on average per year. That's big time money, Conrad. It is big time money. And, uh, Atlas fan lines, longtime sponsor here on the show. We appreciate their support and, uh, we're proud to share with anybody who currently drives truck or would like to, uh, to share more about this opportunity. Tell them some more, Tony can be home seven to 10 days, depending on your reps, all your tolls are paid. You have the optional maintenance program to boot. If you're an owner operator, give them a call today. Now, whether you're new to the industry or ready to ride off at the sunset, Go new places with Atlas. That's a great tagline. Go new places with Atlas. And here's how you do. Speak to a recruiter right now. Here's your number. Write it down. 877-778-6959. That's 877-778-6959. More information. they got a great Facebook page. Facebook.com slash Drive Atlas. That's Facebook.com slash Drive Atlas. Or go to their website www.drive4atlas the number 4 in there drive4atlas.com forward slash wrestle hiring nationwide team drivers, solo drivers if you have multiple trucks as they say, come one come all Conrad well I think there's going to be a lot of coming when we get done with Wrestlemania 3 and that's what we're covering today uh, <laughs> why are you laughing at that? a lot of coming? What do you think I'm going to just sit here and, and yank my, my pud while I watch this thing? I, I don't know what you mean. Well, if you're home and, and looking to make more money, stop yanking your pud and, and go drive for Atlas. You can make a boatload of cash and, uh, <laughs> there's no rib to that. So, Hey, listen, seriously, I'm, I'm really looking forward to wrestle 23. One of our most requested shows ever. Uh, I get asked about it every single week, uh, for either you or Bruce to go back and revisit it. Of course, neither one of you were there, but it is one of the most important WrestleMania shows ever. And what makes WrestleMania so great are all the great superstars and our friends over at 2k. Well, they're bringing the fun. They're bringing the fun to you and they're doing it for free. Tell them about it. Tony. 
And they're doing it for free with WWE Supercard Season 5. And our buddies at Supercard Season 5 and the WWE are the sponsor of this week's episode of What Happened When. Step into the squared circle with rectangular cards. WWE Supercard is the collectible card battle enjoyed by millions and millions of WWE fans. It features your favorite WWE superstars, Conrad, not just ones that are here now, but ones that used to be legends like The Rock, Stone Cold Steve Austin, also AJ Styles, Becky Lynch, Seth Rollins, Ronda Rousey. Crush your opponents in real-time player-against-player matches. Earn exclusive rewards in Royal Rumble and Elimination Chamber matches. Participate in weekly rotating events and compete in King of the Ring tournaments to earn the top cards. Season 5 of WWE Supercard is available right now, just like you said, for free. The Apple App Store, Google Play, the Amazon App Store as well. And for all of the loyal listeners to WHW Monday, we have a special gift for you. Go to WWE.2K.com forward slash WHW. Again, WWE.2K.com forward slash WHW. Get your free card pack. That'll help you boost your card deck. Get a leg up on the competition. WWE.2K.com forward slash WHW for a free card pack. Thousands of collectible cards featuring WWE superstars, NXT superstars, WWE legends, and WWE Hall of Fame inductees. Boom. I'm pretty Boom. fired up about it, man. I love 2K, and uh, I love that our listeners get something free here. So if you haven't already, go check this out. Be glad you did. All of my friends are using this. They love it, and uh, it's the talk of our group chat. Well, listen, man, without further ado, let's do it. Let's, uh, let's see if we can't wake up Lois and let's mm-hmm. go to March 29th, 1987, over 93,000 fans <laughs> at the silver dome, uh, WrestleMania three biggest show ever. You think Lois is uh, willing and able to give us a little countdown? Well, she's will, uh, she's able, I don't know if she's willing. She's kind of mad at us because, uh, April six was her birthday and we were in New York at WrestleCon. Uh, so she was kind of ticked off at that. And I said, well, you know, you could have come to New York with me. And then she said, nah, I had to pick up the dog hair. So anyway, I hope she's uh, out of her bad mood. And Lois, let's bring you in for the countdown. So you want me to give you a countdown for WrestleMania three, which is 31 years old. You're watching 31 year old matches. I, I get it. Three, two, one, play. Old school open here, Conrad, with some flying graphics. WrestleMania three. And when we uh, open up on this, as soon as the graphics finish here, isn't it amazing how the graphics have changed over the years? I'll tell you, I really like, I don't know why, but that open makes me think of Superman and I can't figure out why, but I just love the open and what a wide shot here. What a historic shot. One of the more famous images ever. The really, really wide shot from the top of the silver dome and man, Bruce Pritchard has had a lot of fun making fun of this moment for a long time. He would often say that Vince would tell talent, bring it down a notch. Don't be so over the top. And Bruce <laughs> would say, yeah, let me show him a, uh, a video of WrestleMania three. When you introduced Aretha, the Franklin, Here welcome to the XFL. Oh, they're playing the shit WWE <laughs> network music in here with it. The shit WWE network music. But he is, uh, by the way, he is going to, uh, as you said, and now, ladies and gentlemen, here is the uh, the Queen of Soul with her rendition of 
America the Beautiful. Here's Aretha Franklin. Beautiful. Yeah, sing it, Tony. For wrestling fans. Oh my God. Who keep old men afloat for rednecks out of Alabama. One in particular we know's the goat. Pro wrestling. Pro wrestling. And Vince is in command. And through the years, he's become a billionaire, even though his product is bland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that the eagle on top of the flag always gets me, Conrad, every time. Every time. And it, wants, it makes me want to sing a second stanza of the song. Oh, beautiful, for lousy angles, for finishes beyond compare, for bringing podcasts into our home. Did you know Shivani could swear? Pro wrestling, pro wrestling. Oh, how we truly love you. And we'll celebrate our love affair this May at Starcast 2. Are you okay? <clears throat> I'm a little verklempt right now. I'm a little emotional. <sighs> what a moment. You know, God bless uh, Aretha Franklin. She was, uh, and I hate to uh, sing over because she was absolutely wonderful. How about these cutaways? How expensive was that footage to get back in the day? <laughs> uh, that was, uh, that was some good stuff, man. Look at that camera angle. How about the chick working on the, uh, telephone yeah. pole, just randomly. And now dudes welding. Yep. Dudes welding. <laughs> Nothing like a dude welding. I'm just saying like, why are we, why are we showing? I guess these cause WWF is Americana. God that's damn it. That's right. God damn pal. Give me some more shots of people working. Give me a chick on a pole and let's give fleet. me a dude welding. Let's <laughs> Let's find a way to fleece those motherfuckers. <laughs> How popular was it back here? See, this is not the sign era, but it is very much. If you're lower level, if you're front row of, of any sort of balcony type situation where there's a rail in front of you, you, you go spray paint a bed sheet and you bring it to the show. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That that's, that's how you show your love. You know, you, you mentioned at the beginning of this, uh, and this is a phenomenal look this, this, this was just a phenomenal look. Uh, 93,000 is what they announced. And that was really not the case. No, they fudged that. Yes. How much did they fudge it by? Well, it depends on who you believe, but there's tons and tons and tons of debate. Of course, you know, Bruce Pritchard would argue till he's blue in the face, but 
they've actually got the books and you know, mm-hmm. it's less. It's probably 67,000, not 93,000. Okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Hey, wrestling is all about fudging, right? Well, I mean, here's the thing. Like it's not necessary, you know, wh- whether it's 93 or 63, when you see the visual, you're like, holy shit. Look at how many people that is. Right. Like the actual number doesn't matter. It was a moment that made, I think that made WrestleMania what it was. I mean, it was bigger than, than what they had at Madison square garden. It was bigger than that three venue event they had for WrestleMania two. Hey, I lied. The actual attendance. I said 67. I was mistaken. I was thinking of another show. Even when I said it out loud, I was like, I don't know about that. It was 78. Okay. Still it's a fuck ton. Oh, jeez! for a pro wrestling event. You're not kidding. It's a fuck ton for anything besides, uh, you know, a college football game. Yeah. What'd you think of Mary Hart? I mean, you can have her. Okay. I thought she was all the way live. You know, her, uh, legs were insured by Lloyd's of London. You know that I was five when this show happened and couldn't care less. Yeah, I'm sure. Hey, so chat me up here. You know, you said this is the biggest one and, and they obviously bounced back in a big way because WrestleMania was a happening Madison square garden being the big arena. It was, and it was so world famous. And there's all this closed circuit opportunity and they've got major mainstream. Look at this fucking Tom Zink in here. How about Rick it? Martel How about Tom? Action. Tom, Tom's a damn good looking man. Uh, that's what I understand. I I've heard it on this podcast before. And Rick Martel's not a, not a bad looking young man himself. And we got, uh, uh Orton Fuji, the mm-hmm. rock, Don Morocco, the real rock. Of course, uh, Howard Finkel on the stick. Howard Finkel is synonymous with this era WWF to me. Well, listen, uh, Howard Finkel is the best ring announcer ever. I think, uh, and that's just my opinion. Uh, I, and I know that, uh, I've talked a lot here on this, on this podcast about trucking Tom Miller, how great he was, but to me, the Fink was the man. You know what? I don't know that you've ever noticed this, but when I saw a close-up of Cowboy Bob Orton. Yeah. If I didn't know better, I would think him and Randy Orton are related. They've got a lot of similar facial features. We should check into that. I wonder if Cowboy Bob was ever in the St. Louis area and met up with a lovely lady and some shenanigans happened. I mean, we need to look into that. Do you think there's a chance that Randy Orton might actually be related to Bob Orton? Because they, they favor, man. Well, they certainly do look alike. And the, the fact that a wrestler shenanigans, lovely lady seemed to always go together. Didn't it? I don't know. I think that's all rumor and innuendo, by the way, what would you make of the way, uh, magnificent Morocco has patterned his chest hair here? I have to take a uh, closer look at this. He patterned his chest hair. Yeah. It feels like he's, uh, he's decided to shave most of it, but he's left some. Uh huh. And, uh, Oh, I see it. Yeah. Like a V. I don't know what's going on. Hmm. Like he left it on, on behind his, like on his back too. It's like, right. Well, it's, you know, he was, he, he was very well known to have quite the sense of humor and, uh, he probably just did this to do something different, to make, to make his opponents laugh if nothing else, because he knew he was wrestling a couple, if I can use the term pretty boys. So he thought he would just surprise him with something of his own, knowing how Don Morocco was. Now I never knew Don personally, but I'd heard the story that he, that he was, uh, he was quite the river. So he had already left, uh, the mid Atlantic territory by the time you came in. Yeah. Yeah. I never met Don. So did you meet, uh, Fuji? Yeah. You knew Fuji from WBF. 
Right. And you knew right. Tom Zink, you knew Martell. What right. about Gorilla Son? Did you ever meet him? Oh yeah, Joey Morella was a great kid. Uh, and, and a tragic, tragic end of his life to, as well. Uh, he was a good one. He was a good referee. How much time did you spend with uh, the Cowboy? None. Oh, they had none with the Cowboy. I I did. You know, the first Starcade, the Cowboy was there. Right. And he was in the back, and I was just kind of like, you know, new kid on the block and kind of nervous that he was back there and Harley Race was back there and, and Dick Slater was back there, and I was just kind of didn't really get to know him that much, that well at all. I, I, I saw him recently, I guess. Uh, I can't remember. I, I guess I saw him two years ago at, at WrestleCon and like everyone, you know, he's, he's aged quite a bit, but, uh, uh, he was a hell of a performer. He really was. He was the ace cowboy. He's aged quite a bit. You said, yes, he has aged quite a bit. You'll, you'll, you'll age quite a bit one day. I want to be around whoa, to see whoa, that, whoa. but you will. Why are you? Let's not get ahead of ourselves. No, I, I, I'm just saying, you know, just how people age. It's amazing, but people do age, so you know, talk to me a little I, bit about, I, Hey, you know, you know, who's aged your mom, Vince, Vin, well, yes. Vincent K. McMahon has aged. Take a look at the Vince McMahon that we see now on these shows and take a look at what we saw there, man. How is he aged? Holy smokies. Who do you think has aged worse? Uh, Vince McMahon or Mr. Fuji, uh, Vince McMahon, hmm. Vince McMahon or Tom Zink. Uh, Vince McMahon, Vince McMahon or Joey Morella, <laughs> Vince McMahon. I'm going to tell you, Joey Morella has got to be looking rough by now. I'm just going to tell you got to. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure he is. A lot of these guys who are in the show are no longer with us. You know, uh, I, that's, I just I mean, yeah. pay attention I, if you can. Yeah. yeah hey, so, um, oh, that was a great spot right there by Martell. I really like that. I don't know that I've seen that one before, or maybe mm-hmm. not in a while. Mm-hmm. Um, you made a comment about, you know, this one being the biggest and it, this one really sort of making WrestleMania. The yeah. first one was, was clearly a huge success. Lots of celebrities in the biggest market in the U S the most famous arena, you know, a, uh, a hot celebrity main event, right? You know, Hulk Hogan was probably at the peak of wrestling, you know, hype and popularity and they're making appearances on Saturday night live. And of course, Mr. T is on a hit show and he's done the Rocky movie. And so has Hogan. So there's just lots of, of buzz in the mainstream about WrestleMania. And they try to keep that momentum going for whatever reason. It, it doesn't, it doesn't work as well for WrestleMania two. Maybe they were a little too ambitious with, you know, where they wanted to make it three times as bigger. So three towns and you know, it was a fine show, I guess at the time. But people sort of do just skip over to as if it was a, a misstep, right? But man, did they rebound big here or what? And it's important to note that, you know, when they did two, of course, as we said, the first one, biggest market in the world, New York city, blah, blah, blah. But when they do two, they go to really, really big markets as well. You know, they've got right. one in Chicago, they've got one in New York, they've got one in LA. So they're covering the major markets for the U S but now for three, dude, they're in Pontiac, Michigan. And like, it's not even a real town. It's a suburb and it's just this giant thing. It's amazing to me that they were able to do this and do it here after such a departure from everywhere else. And by the way, I know I'm going to get a lot of shit. I'm just saying it's, it's in the Detroit Metro 
but sure. it's a suburb of Detroit. That's got like 60,000 folks or something stupid. Right. Whereas Chicago, you know, you're talking, uh, you know, 3 million people, uh, New York and LA, even more than that. So it is weird to see them say, okay, instead of just being in the biggest town in the U S or the three biggest towns, fuck it. Let's go to a suburb of Detroit. Well, let's go to a town that they were hot in, that they knew they could do well, that they had a great partner in the Silver Dome. And you're right. We, I've spent a lot of time in that part of the country. The Silver Dome and uh, where, I don't, where, the, uh, where the Detroit Pistons used to play, the Palace of Auburn Hills, they're way outside of Detroit. Oh, yeah. A long way outside of Detroit. Uh, it's where the lions played at that time. So it was a very well-known venue. So you're right. It was very ambitious, but, uh, man, they, they did it right. How about this? Congratulations on the two good looking guys, Tom Zink, man, Tom Zink, he's handsomer there than I remember. He's a good looking feller. By the way, this, uh, I know this is the silliest thing I've ever heard, but can I tell (laughs) you that like 10 years ago, or maybe it wasn't that long ago. Once upon a time, the silver dome was up for sale. What? Yeah. It, you know, it had been abandoned. It was obviously in horrible shape, right? But it was for sale. I mean, it was essentially a fire sale. They sold it for like under $600,000 process. What I just said out loud, the building in the land, right? Yeah. Under $600,000. Wow. What do they have there now? I'm not exactly sure. I just know that. I was trying to like talk to some of my buddies here and I was like, Hey man, we should, <laughs> we should all kick in and we should fucking buy the silver dome. <laughs> really? Yeah. Well, I can, I, I can awesome. figure out better ways to piss your money away than that. No, I'm just saying like, you could have, you could have done something with that. Or at least that was yeah, but, you know, my idea. Why don't we put the offices of Conrad Thompson enterprise in the silver dome right in the middle of it? By the way, I think it's been demolished since then. Yes, it has. Uh, here's a look, a little angle, uh, between, uh, Hercules, or as we knew, knew him as Hercules Hernandez, he was called Hercules here and Billy Jack or Billy Jack Haynes. This was a couple of years after Billy Jack threatened to beat up Jim Crockett and was fired from Jim Crockett promotions. And I really think if you go back and you take a look at the great strong men and the great physiques, Billy Jack Haynes had one of the great physiques ever in pro wrestling. Wouldn't you agree? I, I would look at this backdrop. Two of the greatest of all time here. Mean Gene and Bobby the Brain. It's Bull Nelson against this man, the mighty Hercules. You know, it's the same old story. And it's just like thousands of years ago when I took these chains and I pulled down the pillars of Rome. And just like I made Atlas and Samson cower at my feet, Billy Jack Haynes, you're going to feel the fear. You're going to feel the wrath. We're going to find out who the true master of the full Nelson is right here in the Pontiac Silverdome. And get it right, it is Billy Jerk Haynes. For the record, it is Billy Jack Haynes. So, I just want to be clear here. Um, Hercules is thousands of years old. Like, that's the real Greek god Hercules wrestling in the second match on WrestleMania? Yes, it is. That's exactly what it is. So just play along with it, right? Okay, I'm not mad at it. I, I just thought... By the way, well, speaking of not being mad at it, would you fucking look at the way Billy Jack is dressed? <laughs> this dude looks like that's how bad money slim would dress. If he won the lottery, <laughs> you're right, but he's got the Billy Jack hat on, you know, from the movie, uh, the movie, Billy Jack. Have you seen this crazy fucker present day? Uh, I have not. Oh my God. I want you to just throw it in your Google machine. Billy Jack Haynes. 
All right. I'm going to throw it in my Google machine as yeah. we're talking right here. Maybe you Look, should even type the year in. Type in like 2019. All right. Well, I'm glad to see he's still alive. You know, I'm happy for that. Okay. Uh, he's not as crazy looking as I thought. A few years ago. Oh, there it is. <laughs> so he's got like blonde hair, but a black beard. I mean, it is the craziest years ago he was putting out all these grandstand challenges on youtube i don't know if you saw that but he's making these crazy claims about how he witnessed a murder and he wanted to challenge steve austin and just some really really crazy shit holy shit i see it here i can't believe that's really him yeah <laughs> wow and think of how he looked man back then wow he just was dude i mean right now like some of these, like his pictures, when he did a shoot with our video, it, yeah, it, it looks like, uh, Billy Ray Cyrus. If he didn't have a famous daughter, you know, <laughs> oh, here's some headlines. Billy Jack Haynes claim he witnessed unsolved murders in 1987. See, <laughs> Yikes. he saw a guy get murdered by the railroad tracks or something. And he tried to go viral with it and. Mm -hmm. I mean, people were really talking about it for a little bit, but yeah. then I see this video and I see this pick jacked up dude, but he's still got that, uh, that same beard. That's like, yeah. wait a minute. Hang on now. What? Wow. Oh, uh, Bruce told me a great story once on something to wrestle. He said that Hercules Hernandez went and talked to the CFO of, uh, WWF at the time. And he was asking, you know. Hercules was for a race and how he could make more money and he wasn't making enough money to live on. And, you know, so he tries to, uh, run through some of his expenses with him and just do a budget with him and just offer him some real financial advice. And the solution at the end was he asked for the, his credit cards and the CFO just literally fucking cut them all up. And, uh, he said, okay, that should fix it. And Herc nicknamed him chainsaw after that, which I think is hilarious. <laughs> Would that have been Basil DeVito or Benny Morales. Maybe I don't know. One of those guys who no. worked in the front office for the WWE. No sages was his last name. Oh yes. Yeah. Sages. Doug sages was his name. Chainsaw sages. Yes. <laughs> chainsaw sages. Uh, Billy Jack, by the way, a story about him. When he wrestled in Starcade 85 against Wahoo McDaniel, and he wrestled him in the Omni, and of course, a couple of days later, that's when he and he, Jimmy Crockett had their falling out. I drove back from Atlanta to Charlotte, uh, and Billy Jack Haynes rode with me, just me and Billy Jack. Uh, and it was a very, very odd, uh, uncomfortable drive of four hours. And I never will forget he would, uh, he would say, when I would ask him something, he would say, yes, sir, and no, sir, to me. And I, I just thought it was odd. And asking him, wanted to stop and get something to eat. He said, no, he just wanted to stop and get a soda and a pack of nabs. And uh, it was very, uh, it was a very odd, he was very nice, very humble man. And then, of course, a couple of days later, he threatened to kick Jimmy Crockett's ass. And that was about it. Once he got the Starcast, or the Starcade payoff. Is a pack of nabs a pack of crackers? Yes. Pack of nabs. Okay. You've never heard it called nabs. No, I, I've heard of nabs, but I hadn't heard of nabs. nabs. Yeah. 
Yeah, Lance made, uh, you know, Toast Chi and uh, some other ones, and they were called Nabs, Pack of Nabs. Uh, I'm just not familiar with the phrase, but I got it now. Thank okay, you. you got it. Thank you for the lesson. Okay, so when I ask for a pack of nabs, uh, next time we're in like St. Louis, or even bring me a pack of nabs at StarCast too, because I'm going to be working long and hard with you there. Uh, and I look forward to that as well. Herc, I knew Herc. Uh, Hercules uh, wrestled, as I mentioned this on a, a, a previous podcast, and of course I knew Heenan as well, but Hercules wrestled as the Mask Assassin 2 uh, and was uh, really a friendly guy. Yeah, I, I, I hate that, that Ray passed, passed away and, and left us too soon. And but it was really, really, a and, and, you know, I don't know if he ever, do you really think he ever got over? No, no, I don't either. But wasn't cause he didn't try. He was a good kid. I think everybody liked him that I remember. Hey, I've got a question for you. Shoot. Who, who you probably know this because you studied more in the, uh, history of pro wrestling than I have. Who coined the phrase WrestleMania? Who came up with that moniker? Howard Was it Finkel. Vince? Howard Finkel. Howard Finkel did. Yes. Congratulations, Howard, on that. It has stood the test of time. And you know what? What a good thing. And I, and I was looking up these matches, uh, and uh, doing a kind of a, a Google search on these matches, and with the exception of the of the steamboat. Randy Savage match. That is a legendary match that we're going to be covering here in a few moments. Most of these matches were pretty short, which to me is good. And they don't have, and it's a three hour show, which to me is good compared to the, I don't know what 15 hour show they have now at WrestleMania. So I, I, th I thought this show was paced very, very well as well. 15 hour show. He says, well, it feels that way. My God, how long, how long is WrestleMania now? It's going to be eight hours this time. Eight hours. And does that include the, uh, that's pre-show and everything. Then the pre-show eight hours. Well, it may be eight hours, but damn it. It felt like 15. It might be seven and change, but you know what I mean? Okay. I know what you're saying, but it's too long. Is what I'm, I'm getting at. It's, it, I, I think it's too long. Maybe, maybe not. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm not look at, uh, David Hebner. No, he's not giving up. Not giving up as of yet. Heenan was very good ringside to get the fans fired up. You know, he, he's, I guess we remember him as an announcer, but man, what a great manager Bobby Heenan was. Whoa, that's a hell of a spot, isn't it? Both going down at the same time. I enjoy that. Hell yeah. Talk to me about, uh, WrestleMania three and how it was perceived down yonder, down yonder. Uh, well, it was perceived as we got our ass kicked that, uh, I don't know if got our ass kicked is the right thing, but it was perceived as if we're really sucking hind tit now. Well, we, we couldn't do anything remotely close to this. Crockett's couldn't. Not even remotely close to it. With our biggest stars, with our biggest match, with our biggest hype, with our biggest machine, with the most money spent, we couldn't do anything remotely close to this. This showed the world that they were a national promotion, and we were still very much a regional promotion, even though we were on uh, 
TBS. And they had they had stars, the crossover stars, which they had for the first two WrestleManias, I understand. And as part of being in the quote-unquote New York market, they had Jesse Ventura. And they had this look here, which was, oh, here we go. The full Nelson. Billy Jack was uh, quite a star in Oregon for Don Owens, I guess, at one time. You familiar with that territory they had up there? Uh, yeah, I mean, I know a little bit about it, but I was not, I was not a Oregon guy. I've seen tapes though, you know, Piper and you know his crazy promos and busting beer right. bottles over his head and all that. Silliness. Yeah. Well, for some reason, uh, during my tenure at Jim Crockett promotions, when I started working, when I finished up in baseball and started working for them full time, which would have been after the summer of 85, uh, start, wow, Heenan, <laughs> holy shit. Uh, when a, a promoter would call. A lot of times for some reason they would transfer him to my phone. So I had a chance to talk to Don Owens one time. It was a very enlightening call. And he was, and it may have been during this era, may have been during 87, 88. And, uh, and Don had said, I said, so, uh, Mr. Owens, how's things going? He said, not too good. He said, if uh, business doesn't pick up, I'm gonna have to start paying these guys and in, sides of beef. Cause I can't afford to pay him anymore. And I just knew that. The business, the regional business was down. I talked to Vern Gagne one time and he kept me on the phone a long time talking about his business. Wow. Watch out. Is he allowed to do that? Isn't that a disqualification? Of course it is. Did you just ask if he, is he allowed to hit people in the face with a chain? Well, no. Why didn't he throw the match out? He saw it. Didn't he? Well, I mean, he's backed him into the corner. Yeah, but he hadn't thrown the match out. Something's wrong here. You can't disqualify him. Absolutely not. The match is officially over. Nails will win it again. again. Come on, Hebner, do something. Okay, it is over. Why don't you pay attention? Well, he hasn't raised anybody's hand. I don't see him signal for the bell. Well, because he's trying to stop the man from murdering the other man. Well, come on. Ask for the bell. The bell is the bell. Bell. You you do call the bell. You know, the the double fingers up in the air. Bing, 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 bing. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Are you suggesting that you know more about being a referee than the fucking Hebners right now? No, no, I I do not. I'm not suggesting that, but I suggest I've seen many referees call for the bell. I haven't seen him call for the bell. Call for the motherfucking bell. Well. Okay. Well, anyway. Oh, my God. Oh, he's a crimson mask. Second match on the show and we're bleeding. What a yeah, different, what a different time. And now he's got the, uh, full Nelson on him. And that was the idea. Full Nelson. I don't fuck it. You know, he beat him anyway. Efren told me that he was going to try to put you in a full Nelson. I had a feeling something like that was going to rear its ugly head. Uh, That's what he's trying to do. He's trying to rear some ugly head. Yeah. He, he, he told that? me that what he was going to try to do was put you in a full Nelson and force your, your head down. Mm-hmm. And okay. Said, so there Hercules doesn't win. By the way, one day I'm going to work a deal out with uh, Ben Brown, the WWE archivist. I want one of these little, uh, carts. What do you, what are you just to put it in the Conradison or to you know, drive down through downtown, uh, uh, Huntsville in it. I would probably, you know, use it to check the mail at the end of the road. Take the trash up the hill. That would be a, that would be a wonderful video. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, it would, it would be tremendous though. And they come in front of the house and there's Megan waiting with a cup of coffee. <laughs> it's, and what if, what if at Starcast too? Yeah. 
I made my entrance to the stage on one of these <laughs> WrestleMania cards. I'm saying book it right now, man. Dear What's the guy's ben. name? Brown eye. Yeah. Brown eye. <laughs> but yeah, that's his oh, email. Sorry. It's brown eye at WWE.com. I got mixed up. You were talking about Efren and I just wasn't sure. So whenever I mention Efren, you think about brown eyes? Well, I did right there. Not, not every time. Okay. So take a look at this. Would Se- you please serious question? It, who the fuck wants to be the last row on the floor? You can't see shit. I uh, know. Wow. And God bless. King these Kong Bundy. Here we go. In little packages. Well, you know, once again, Oakland, you have to be corrected because big trouble comes in 450 pound packages like King Kong Bundy. You know, Hillbilly Jim, I want you most of all. But if those other two midgets get in my way, I'll squash all three of them right in the middle of the ring. They'll have to pick you three up with a bladder. Wow. <laughs> what do you, th- what do you he- think about what a different time it is? <laughs> right. They're not midgets. They're little people. How about shooting this instead of a stand-up with them? We're just shooting them from behind. And I, your boy knows, Hey guys, we're doing this wrong. We should, you know, <laughs> the camera's over here. Maybe we should turn around. That's right. Here comes King Kong Bundy. By the way, I've met you this before. He and I were the exact same age, born on the exact same day, the exact same year. And, uh, he just recently passed as we know. And how, how hard did that hit you? It hit me pretty hard. Anytime somebody in the business passes that you are familiar with, uh, I, okay. So these are two little guys, right? Yeah. Okay. Can I say midgets? I mean, they've already said midgets. So, you know, I mean, it's not hornswoggle and hornswoggle is not really a midget. Oh, he's not. No, he's just a sawed-off little fucker is all he is. Speaking of that, here we go again. Do you know Hornswoggle? Oh, yeah, you met him at MLW. Yeah. I was like, man, you're talking pretty big there. Yeah. Hmm. We'll go track hillbilly here. So we got, uh, I don't know any of these guys, I, but I, I do. Hillbilly Jam and his two midget partners going against King Kong Bundy and his two midget partners. I like that. They don't even say they're not, they got midget partners. The, the reality <laughs> is, um, Hillbilly Jim is with Haiti kid and little beaver. What? <laughs> Haiti kid and little beaver, little beaver. The guy that is dressed up like an Indian is little beaver. Do you reckon, or do you think that's the Haiti kid? Wow. Fucking genius. Yes. Look, little beaver. Well, at least they're not sawed off little fucking runts like Hornswoggle. By the way, uh, on the other side, King Kong Bundy is with little Tokyo and Lord Littlebrook. Okay. By the way, well, Lord, Lord Littlebrook is probably the most famous of all the. Oh, for sure. I was told that, uh, Lord Littlebrook, he, uh, he had quite the reputation with the ladies. Uh-huh. Do you think, uh, you think Lloyd Littlebrook would have benefited from Blue Chew? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, you know what they say, regardless of what size you are, if you have the swing, you're a big man, right? Are you, are you trying to do a transition spot to a commercial using yes, little I people am. and dicks? Yes, because, you know, if you're looking to go a few extra rounds or last longer, 
regardless of how big you are in stature, you can be bigger down there at BlueChew.com. It has the first ever chewable that brings you performance in the bedroom and it brings it to another motherfucking level. You can take them any day, any time, day or night. Even take it on the full stomach, which I know that's how you take most of your medicine on the full stomach. Plus, you don't have to go to the doctor's office. You don't have to hop in that that WWE device with the ring ropes. Go to the doctor's office in Huntsville. You can not have to spend time in the waiting room because Blue Chew ships straight to your door in discreet packaging. Don't get it mixed up with the 10 pairs of Jordan Airs that you're... Uh, Air Jordans that you're... Jordan Airs? Jordan Airs! <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Jordan, Air Jordan Airs! <laughs> Jesus Christ, Jordan Airs! <laughs> so, I'm not talking about Jordan Airs, I'm talking about hard Peters. Here's a great oh. deal for you guys. Visit our friends at BlueChew.com. Get your first order free when you use promo code WHW. Just pay five bucks shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E Chew.com. Promo code WHW. And your dick could be as hard as Lord Little Brooks or the Haiti Kid or the Little Engine Guy. That's Little Beaver. Little Beaver. I don't think you're allowed ah. to say Little Engine Guy. Right. So you're, uh, if you're ready for a Little Beaver, go to BlueChew.com. Give them that promo code to get their dick real hard again. It's B-L-U-E-C-H-E-W.com. Promo code WHW. What Which, by the way, what happened when, but it also stands for wow, hard, wow. Oh, God. This is the worst commercial you've ever done. I think it's pretty damn good. You're wrong. <laughs> All right. Tony, are you familiar with the rap song Up? You know what? I was not familiar with uh, many rap songs until I got to know you. And then obviously, I think you'll like this. This makes me think of Bluetooth. I think you could get behind this one. This is not Kodak Black, is it? No. Oh, how, what do you think of the beat so far? I, I, I could tell it wasn't Kodak Black because the beat sounds good. Oh, get it back, fam. You think that's something you, you could pitch slowest on tonight? <laughs> no. Blue Chew gets it up, 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 up. <laughs> Blue Chew gets it up, up, up. What is up. happening right now? <laughs> no. Hey, let's go back to the midget match. Okay. You can't, you gotta stop saying that. They, they're, they're saying it on this. They're saying it here. I'm just repeating what they're saying. Okay. Let's go back to the. The, the, the hillbilly and the fat guy and the little guys. But you, you, you can't say that. <laughs> I can't call anybody a hillbilly. You gotta be I nice. can't say somebody's fat. Why don't you try to be nice? Okay. Oh. I mean, you don't have to. No, King Kong Bundy. Uh... <laughs> How about that? Little Beaver just ran under the leg, so he just slugged him in the head. <laughs> I, I, I never met King Kong Bundy, uh, but uh, I always liked his gimmick, man. I, I thought he was, man, he was was mean-looking big. <laughs> Get the fuck away from me, little beaver. You won't be saying that when you use Blue Chew. 
Be <laughs> pitching here, kitty kitty. <laughs> oh, <clears throat> let me take a swig of water on that one. <clears throat> hey, these guys are having a hell of a match. Even little Haiti. What about little beaver? <laughs> little beaver's down and out. Should we, uh, do you want to text uh swoggle right now and tell him that little beaver is your favorite? Yeah. Okay. You, uh, text it, me swoggles number. Oh, I thought you were the way you were talking about him earlier. You were real familiar. Yeah. Uh, I know him, but I don't have, his, you got everybody's number in the business. Just text me his number and I'll say, we're watching uh, little beaver and Haiti kid. And we're watching who's the, uh, who's the Asian kid, uh, wrestler. I'm, I, I don't even, we've okay. went through this 38 times. Okay. Just tap <laughs> okay. out. Just give up. I'll just tap out. Okay. Oh, there's black Jack Lanza. Say that's it, man. Match is over. Wow. Well, this was a perfect match to promote blue chew because wasn't much happening in this match, but that little beaver's dead. That little beaver's dead. King Kong Bundy, by the way, um, is dead too. Wow. Well, well by the way, what he injured, uh, one of the little people here. Oh, is that why they stopped the match? He, uh, I believe uh, little beaver. He, uh, he died in 95. Like right now he's dead now. He died. That- in, he died in 95. Oh, okay. And, um, a lot of people blame King Kong Bundy for his death because that's the last time we saw him wrestle after that body slam. He didn't take care of him. Wow. That's the rumor in your window. Wow. I mean, I don't know. I wasn't there. I was five. Oh my God. Maybe we should have held the blue chew promo off until this interview here. By the hmm. way, it's, it's really, really weird to read the observer back then Yeah, because it was typed on a typewriter. Right. And there were letters like the O's in his typewriter that just didn't print correctly. And it all just sort of ran together. It just didn't look, I don't know, normal. Right. But he's pitching that, uh, you know, it was a huge success from the hype to the production to, you know, the revenue, blah, blah, blah. But these shits all over the main event in a way. I mean, real, real bad. Like he gave Rick Martel in, in that opening match, you know, Martel and Zank against Orton in Morocco, two and a half stars. Okay. He gave Billy Jack and Hercules two and three quarter stars. Uh, he gave, uh, one star only for comedy to the little person match, mm-hmm. uh, Harley race and, and who he's going to call the junk food dog yeah. are going to get one star, but mm. the main event. Whew, you want to guess what he rated it? Well, okay. Uh, if you just said that Harley race and uh, JYD got one star and then you went, whoo, it must be minus star for that match. Negative four stars. Oh my God. Negative four stars. He even wrote, he says that's negative four stars. I'll have nightmares about this one. Andre just standing there, not moving for minutes. And, uh, nearly falling asleep while holding Hogan in a four minute bear hug. Hmm. 
Well, I thought the and we'll when we get to it, we'll get to it. But I, I thought the uh, oh my gosh, there's the Snickers lady, the fabulous right, Moolah. Right, a reincarnation, Is- keep it that way. The Queen of Wrestling, the fabulous Moolah. Gene, it'll be my pleasure to crown the King of Wrestling once again, Harley Race, and to have Junkyard Dog bowing to the King as he's supposed to. Moolah, I'm giving you right now the crown jewels. You take care of this real well, and then you give it to the king after the match and put it on his head, as only the queen of wrestling can do. You. So, uh, is it just me, or does Moolah have the same sort of disease that Harley does, where they just look <laughs> the same age forever? Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, they, they, they aged very, very well. They really did. He did not so much. But they did. I'm not, I don't know what you're talking about right now. I'm saying the fact that they looked like they were however fucking old they were their entire oh, life. Right, right, right. Are you talking about aging well? Well, I, they just, they just look the same, which means you age well. You can either, you know, you come out of the womb, you look like an old woman or an old guy and you stay that way, which means you age well. Okay. What did you think of Harley race with the King gimmick? Was this a slap to the face of the NWA? You think? Well, I mean, I think they're trying, I mean, what, what could, where would Harley have fit in here? Really? Right. If they're not giving him some sort of gimmick, I mean, I guess they could have had him, you know, put a bird on his shoulder. <laughs> Call <laughs> what? I could have. Well, they could have, they could have, uh, JYD, man, he was a great guy. He was a great guy. <laughs> Uh, miss him. Really like working with, uh, Sylvester. Thump. He was, uh, he was a big time star at one time too. Yeah. You know, Meltzer can call him junk food dog all he wants, but he was a big time star. He wasn't the greatest worker in the world. He was far from it, but he was a big star. And he was part of the Hulk Hogan rock and wrestling cartoon. Remember? Yeah. Yeah. That's a big deal. That's a big deal to be on that. I will never see those little, those little motorized ring rings again without thinking of you going to the, going to the mailbox. Oh God. So now he's got a bow. He's going to make a JYD bow in front of him, right? Yeah. I think that's the, uh, the move. Yeah. That's the gimmick here that they're supposed to. Now, of course, you know, Harley race became the King, I guess, uh, hacksaw Jim Duggan became King. Uh, Haku, there was Macho Haku, Man, Macho King, Randy Savage. Yeah, they all had the King gimmick. And then I don't know who retired it. Well, I mean, they started doing it for the King of the Ring, but that wasn't the same. Yeah. Mm. So this is a one star match, huh? Yep. The junk food dog. Mm-hmm. Heenan pulls the leg. This is Heenan making something out of nothing here. It's crazy to think about too, you know, how both of these guys used to be, I mean, obviously they're, they're early on the card here, fourth out, but these guys were main events. I mean, in a big deal, you know, JYD was setting all kinds of records in new Orleans for bill Watts. And of course it felt like Harley race was champion forever in the NWA. Yeah. So like they, in other parts of the world, 
they would have worked on top the final match, and now they're match number four of the card here. Four years prior to this, less than that, three and th- three and a half years, three and a quarter years prior to this, Harley Race was working Ric Flair in a steel cage in the first arcade in the main event, right for the NWA World Title, and now he's out here trying to get what he can out of JYD. And, and you know what's funny too is, you know, we look at a guy like Harley Race here. And we think, or I do, I'm like, fuck, how old is he right there? Do you want to guess? Harley would be in his forties right there, right? Yeah. But guess how we're in his forties. Uh, I was thinking early forties. How about 43? Wow. He turned 44 like the next year. Yeah. I mean, that's. That's really amazing to me because we're looking at him now and thinking, oh man, he's, he's old here. He's actually five years younger than Chris Jericho is today. And, and, and I, I wouldn't think of Harley race in the ring as being five years younger than Jericho today. It goes to show you, you know, how, I don't know. Maybe that's from eating two pounds of bacon and smoking a carton of cigarettes a day. I don't <laughs> it know. could be. <laughs> Yeah, and he outlived Vader. That's something. God, he outlived Roddy Piper. Jeez. Yeah, you know one thing I've noticed here about this show, and and it just hit me. I guess it's because of the way they were stationed. But fans are today in the WWE so much a big part of the show, seemingly. But they are kind of like nondescript here. Well, I think it's because of the, the technology with the camera, like they can't get really tight shots that far away and close up. I don't think it was that they were able to really focus, you know, in two ways like that. Right. And you know, you got to think about where that hard cam is. It's so far away already to go all the way to the other side of the dome and have distinct faces, but you're right. It does look, you know, how in the cartoons, like in a comic book or something like that, whenever they draw the crowd in the background, they're just like shapes. You can't really make out. Right features, but that, I mean, that, that really does tell the story of the, the size and the scale and the scope, by the way, it's fabulous. Moolah look like everybody's grandma right here at a family reunion or what <laughs> she does. She looks like she's coming in with uh, some Mac and cheese. Honey, I made that casserole. You like so much. <laughs> no, not you dog. We've got them ho-hos in the other room. As for dessert, we're eating casseroles now. Uh, okay, those ho hos. Okay. Whoa, 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 whoa. Well, I was going to. I just wanted you to clarify what ho hos you were talking about. Well, what, if I would have said ding dongs, you would have got offended and thought Conrad was talking about Efren again. No, I mean, you know, you you say ho hos and you've got moolah all in one breath there, and well, you if you have enough we- moolah, you can get a lot of ho hos. <laughs> now he's supposed to bow down. He bowed down to him. There you go. Wow, he did it. Now he's going to take the chair and hit him right in the head with the padded bottom. Where's the crown? Who's got the crown? Did Heenan take off the crown? snatched it. By the way, I have a crown. Do you? Yeah. Anybody snatch that one? No, it's in my office. Should I, uh. Should I wear it? Should I wear it at Starcast? No, I think you ought to wear it when you're going to the mailbox in your little. Oh, if you think I won't do, <laughs> oh, you know what I'll do too, is I'll get that WWE seamstress to make me a robe. Yeah. Instead of saying, 
nature boy. Mm-hmm. I just call myself nature man. <laughs> I've been trademarking shit lately. I might go trademark nature man. Yeah. Actually, I'll tell you this. One of our, uh, close personal friends, um, pretty prominent figure in the professional wrestling world. That is his name for me on, uh, text messages. Really? Yeah. Nature man. He starts everything with dear nature, man, comma, return, return. And then here come the messages nature, man. But yeah, I'd love to go by nature, man. and have a little uh, fancy row with some feathers on the outside of it. Get in my little WrestleMania cart. I'll have to have Dave Silva drive me though. Just like that. And I'll get up and check the mail with my crown on. You're going to have to have Dave Silva drive you. Well, there's a little driver. I don't know if you saw that. <laughs> yeah, I did. Well, I mean, how else am I going to get around? I don't know, Bruce. How are you? Uh, I appreciate that inside baseball reference. <laughs> okay. So, uh, oh, here we go. This All is the right. main event right here, baby. This moment of destiny. <sighs> well, you know, they said it was my last ride, man. Yesterday when I finished hanging and banging, when I jumped on the Harley, man, as I went through the intersection, as I headed for the mountains, some of the non-believers in the gym said, see you later, Hulkster, man. This is your last ride. It ate me alive, brothers. When I felt the fury as I ripped, as I tore the shirt, as I headed for the sunset, man, I looked down, brothers, and as the sun beamed off the gold in my eyes, I realized that sooner or later, you gotta live and die and you gotta face the truth. And for you, Andre the Giant, it's time to face the truth, brother. Because when I think about what you and I have to do, man, what I have to do is nothing. All I have to do is merely beat a seven foot four, 550 pound giant. But Andre, you gotta face the truth, brother. In its purest form, man, the purest truth there is, man. The training, the saying, the prayers, the eating, the vitamins. And to beat me, man, you gotta beat every Hulk I maniac, every little Hulkster in the world, everyone that plays it straight, all the ones that don't take any shortcuts, brother. And they usually say, if the dirty air don't get you, the politicians will. But in this case, it's going to be Hulkamania. And the reason it's going to get you, man, it's the purest form of the truth there is. And I can't wait to see you go down at the feet of Hulkamania in front of 90,000 plus in the Silver Dome. What you gonna do, Andre the Giant, when the real truth, the 24-inch pythons and Hulkamania runs wild on you? I loved it, man. I love the, I love these promos. I did. Dude, I got chill bumps. Yeah, that's good. That is good shit. And just think about this of what Andre, the giant was in wrestling. And now he's facing Hulk Hogan. It was like Hulk Hogan's, if I can use this term, ultimate challenge to face the giant. And here come heat seekers, uh, Jacques Rougeau and Raymond Rougeau. We got to get jackets like that. I love those jackets, man. By the way, did you see that chalk line sells a Bobby Heenan jacket now? No. Oh God. You got to see this. I don't even know what chalk line is. All right. Can you spell those two words? Yes. Put them together. Okay. Like them touch chalk line. Okay. Oh, meanwhile, here's your buddy. Oh, Jesus Christ. It's Johnny Valiant. <laughs> Brutus Beefcake. What Dino, the fuck? And Dino Bravo. That's right. 
and we'll get the slugs put in me one day. Oh God. Right in my chair. How about of all the things that you could commission Olivia Walker to make? Uh huh. He said, Hey, Olivia, I got this idea. You know, my nickname is the hammer. What if you put a full arm on the back holding a hammer? Hear me out. Like a, a hammer. So it's, it's a, it's a wooden shaft. And it's got like a sledge head on it. No, I'm talking about my, my hammer. No, not that one. The, the one. Yeah. So just like, sew a dude's arm on the back. No, I want the rest of it to look classy, but this part, I need to look like a fucking fourth grade art project. Oh, it's eight grand. Great. I make great decisions when I'm hanging out with brother Bruda. <laughs> I mean, what the fuck, dude? That's a really beautiful robe. Yes. But then that fucking arm, what is that? Well, that's what he, that's what he was known for. The, 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 the elbow. I understand. But when, when she made one for Ric Flair, did she put woo on the back? Did she put a figure four on the back? Did she put a tray full of kamikazes on the back? Did she put blades on the back? Did she put ex wives on the back? No, she put nature boy. You could have just put the hammer. We get it. We've seen a fucking hammer. We don't need to see the visual. It's like those dumb fucks at Morton's steakhouse. So the dumb fucks at Morton's steakhouse, they bring you all the different cuts of beef. And listen, if you're a vegetarian or maybe you're an idiot, I understand they need to explain the different cuts of beef to you. Got it. But then when it comes to the vegetables, they have the motherfucker come to your table. Holding a tomato, we have tomato salad and he has an actual tomato in his hand and he shows you a tomato as if you wandered off the fucking street and into this hundred dollar a plate steakhouse. And you, my friend have never seen or heard. You're not familiar with the foreign concept of a goddamn tomato. I got it chief. I don't need to see any more fucking produce. Show me the menu. I can read, which is how I afford this hundred dollar meal. So yeah, I want like, like an arm, like, no, no, no shoulder down. Let's get the, let's get the trap in there. Let's get the delts in there. let's get the bicep. Let's get the tricep. Yeah. Yeah. Four arms. Yeah. Put a fucking hand on it. You put a, a hand on it. Yeah. So, and then put a, and then, and then put like a sledge head on it. Yeah, and put the hearts. Don't forget the hearts, like Valentine's. See, I got that. Yeah. To me, if you just did hearts all the way through, you just mm-hmm. did hammer on the back in cursive letters, like Nature Boy. It's a fucking yeah. great robe. Yeah. But that looks like a fucking mm. fourth grader made it. Yeah. Where did this Morton Steakhouse thing come from? This is this something. Where did the, I mean that just kind of like came out of like a left field there? You know. Dude, are you serious right now? I just played beat the pussy up on WrestleMania three. And you're talking to me about random. That's kind of what we do, Bubba. This your first show. <laughs> it just kind of took me by surprise there. Can you believe Brutus, the fucking barber beefcakes in the hall of fame? Uh, yes. I can't believe that he's in it before you. No, no I can. I can't believe that he's in it before Eric Bischoff. Look what he did when he created nitro and the NWO mm-hmm. and Goldberg and all these different creations that happened on his watch. And meanwhile, Brutus went in the hall of fame for 
having yep. assless chaps as wrestling tights and carrying Hogan's weed, right? Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> yeah, boy. You've never said that before. I can't believe the audacity of you. How rude. How rude. Uh, absolutely. So what do you think of this match so far? I think it fucking sucks. Yeah, it does. Listen, I'm going to be honest with you. Can I just Uh-oh. tell you the truth right here? Please. WrestleMania three sucked a dick. It did. Oh, it's awful. There's one good match in here and everything else is terrible. Don't get me wrong. The main event, a very iconic moment, but man, you want to go back and watch a show all the way through and get excited. Fucking don't watch this one. So you would say if someone said, this is the greatest WrestleMania of all time. You would call bullshit on that. I just hang the phone up. Okay. And I would just, I would write them all. Oh, they're not smart. They're stupid. They're stupid. They probably but a lot of time, put their but pants a, on. Again, a lot of times it's what you remember from your childhood. You don't always remember everything being so good or so bad. You just have that memory. And to you, maybe that you were a kid in 1987 back at this time. Well, that's a hell of a move. Uh, Tony, you with me? One, two, two. Oh boy. Dino Bravo. I was just trying to, uh, walk, work through the finish here. Maybe you think this, this is the greatest WrestleMania of all time. Dino Bravo with the cheat and the fucking win and the Rougeos do the job. Notice how it was, uh, Raymond instead of Jacques did the job, did the job there. And Brutus, the barber beefcake doesn't seem to be too happy about that. I mean, can you blame him? Well, he is team one. Yeah, but he's it, trying to get the rub. Okay. He wants to be in the hall of fame before hammer. Right. So are you going to, are you going to check your messages or what? Okay. You sent me a message. I didn't, I've checked them. Well, you didn't send me a message. Why don't you look again? No, I, I am looking. I, I, the last message I got was from that. No good piece of shit. Casio. And no showed us. He was supposed to be a part of WrestleMania three and he decided to no show us. Yeah. Fuck him. Oh, I see it. I, and I, I called up the uh, chalk line. They have, apparently have a whole line of WWE apparel and merchandise and look at the Bobby Heenan jacket. That's pretty cool. I thought, I thought you would dig that. I do. And the Bobby Heenan star and the walk of fame. I mean, they've got other ones too, like Ravishing Rick Rude and Ric Flair and all that. But that Bobby Heenan one, I was like, man, you should wear that. That's cool. I like that. Oh, boy. Here we go from uh, Piper's Pit. This is <laughs> fucking Adrian Adonis. The boy, he blew shot. up in later life, didn't he? I know he's no longer with us, but uh, this is to set up he and uh, Piper in that angle. Have you ever seen his early stuff? Who, Adrian Adonis? Yeah. I saw when he and he and Jesse, I saw them, actually, I saw them wrestle in the Greensboro Coliseum. They came in as the WWE tag team champs, F tag team champs. How many W's in that three WWF tag team champ. Mm. Mm-hmm. What do you think about <laughs> it? Uh, well, that's what I remember. First of all, but he kind of got, got heavy. Well, look at this man. Go at it. Jimmy Hart hits him and then falls down. Oh, I love it. Beans and taters, baby. Did you see Jimmy this weekend at uh, WrestleMania? Uh, 
No, did not. Mm. I must not have been looking. I didn't see him either. So there you see, go. You know, we're, we're doing see, an intermission. Oh, and we're back. Yeah. See, uh, here, here's, here's the deal. Uh, uh, okay, Wait, Piper doesn't need anybody to hold the stick for him. He's doing it himself, man. Hot Rod gonna be humiliated by someone who wears a dress look like someone shot the curtains at day's head. You're wrong. No retreat and no surrender. No. Re- what do you think? The, what do you think of the interviews? They were short and sweet in this one, except for Hogan's, weren't they? Well, Hogan needed more time. He's the main right. event. Right, but still, I mean, you know, usually, I mean, I, I don't think we've we've seen an interview that's gone more than a minute here. Any of them. I really don't think so. Yeah. I mean, I ain't mad at it. Anyway, well, I was going to say at WrestleCon, it's kind of a double-edged sword at WrestleCon. I've mentioned this many times. You want to sit down and you want to be at your position. Like we were, Eric and I were, you want to meet the fans like we did. And you obviously want to make a little money, but you also want to go around and visit people that you haven't seen before, but you can't do that. That make any sense to you? you, you because you, you should stay there because the fans want to see you. But uh, I wish I had a chance to walk around and visit with more people. That's that's always the way it is to those those things. Wait a minute, was Adrian Adonis? Did he have uh, Brutus the Barber Beefcake shears there? Yeah, the deal is, you know, he's gonna. Well, hmm. there you go. Haircut shortly, and it could be your man, Adrian Adonis. You spell wrestling, baby. A-D-O-N-I-S. <laughs> Adrian. This is the adorable one. Or maybe Clipper Claude. Piper, how are you going to like it? Are you going to like a, like a baboon's behind? Are you going to want a DA or a Princeton or an Oxford? How are you going to like it? You're going to like it with wrestling and Irene. And I'm telling you right now, she has no high heels or sneakers. It's just python-like arms, and so is the trimmer. Boy, when he started really working it hardcore at the end. Yeah. Made me think of you. Really? Yeah. Okay. Piper, buddy, he's walking. He's not. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that Piper is one of the three greatest, four greatest, five greatest top five promos in the business. Who else is on that list for you? Okay. Uh, who else on that list? Flair, Dusty, Cornette, Arn. Okay. And Piper. I used to be amazed at some of the stuff we would do backstage or back in the Crockett's uh, offices in their makeshift studio, some of the things that he'd be able to do. Just inventive. Just absolutely creative inventive. Don't retire. There you go. There we got a sign. Don't retire Hot Rod. Yeah, this is his last one. Hmm. Supposedly forever, of course. He'll be back. Yes, of course they always are right. Never say never in the wrestling business. And I know that for sure. Now, now that your ass is back, my ass is back. Here we go. Come on. Piper looking pretty good here. You want to guess what this match got in the observer? This guy match got, uh, a one and a half stars, three and a half, three and a half stars. Yeah. You want to guess what that beefcake Valentine match got <laughs> that probably got a, a half star star and a half star and a half. Okay. Yeah. Adrian picked up some weight in his later years. Didn't he <laughs> look at the fans really respond to that? Oh, Jimmy goes head first outside. By the way, uh, 
Roddy Piper showing up here two weeks after he was electrocuted. Test a live wire in a hotel room. Oh my God. I, I haven't heard that story. He touched a live wire in a hotel room and what did he, did he need medical attention or did he just shake it off? I don't know. Knowing him, he probably just, uh, stuck it in his mouth and kept on going. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Speaking of sticking in your mouth and keep on going blue chew. <laughs> you know, that's the thing. Whenever I see Adonis here, I think, you know, it probably looks like Tony's hog after blue, blue chew. <laughs> what Adrian Donis does. No. Yeah. Cause Jimmy Hart's pulling on one end. Piper's pulling the other. Yeah. And I put pink tights on it. Watch out. Boy, this, this had to be, this had to be Adonis. One of Adonis's last big matches, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, holy shit. He could have killed Jimmy there. (laughs) He sure could have did a hell of a job protecting Jimmy that time. I mean, my goodness. (laughs) Watch out. Adrian died, uh, July 4th, 1988. So just a year and change after this. Wow. Traffic collision, of course. Oh my God. Yeah. he, He and Jesse were quite the tag team. (laughs) <laughs> that's a pretty good spot. I like Jimmy flying through the air. Jimmy did a good job of selling that. Adonis, by the way, got fired here in uh, May of 87 and we're March 29th of 87. So not too much longer than this. And mm-hmm. he's fired for what's called a dress code violation. Hold the phone dress code violation. Yep. In the back. Well, I'm just saying, if you see what he's wearing right now, I would, I'd write him up too. Well, if you're fired by Vince by a, for a dress code violation, they were looking for shit to get rid of you for. Well, we don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Come but, on. But we, in fairness, well, let's just. What do you think? He just showed up backstage with his dick hanging out, maybe? Nobody, Possibly his, his cheeks they, of his ass hanging out. I don't know. Based on what I'm seeing right now, nobody would even notice. <laughs> it's possible. Oh, my. Going back in time, and I know what you're. You said this is a shitty show. I, I, I'm happen to. I happen to really enjoy it. I can't wait to see uh, Steamboat and and the Macho Man. Boy, Adrian. Whew. And there's why the announcers should not be at ringside. The announcers are, should be way up out of the way. What do you think of the presentation so far? You're big on talking about the production stuff. Well, I, I think that they're doing a pretty good job of it. And I think the fact that the, the venue is so big, it kind of trumps anything bad that happens production wise. You can get away with a lot just because of the look of this thing. I mean, let's face it, they, it, it doesn't look to me. And, and of course I know it's going to get dark, but it doesn't look to me like the ring is lit at all. It just look, looks like they're using natural lighting for the building. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there is some uh, light tress around it, but it just seems all to be one, one light. <laughs> it feels like, you know, the majority of the lighting for the building is just because it's daytime and it's coming in through the roof. Right, right. 
Yeah, I think we're saying the same thing. Then, of course, Hogan, you know, that that obviously happened at night. Steamboat and, and the Macho Man happened at night. And this is back when, let's see, I guess it started like at 4 o'clock in the afternoon. That's a good question. Let me find out. Yeah, I, I think it was around that time. So by the time, uh, you know, 6 I mean, o'clock came around. That's about what it is now, though, you know? Yeah. Starts so damn early. Yeah, so the idea here is Piper was going. You nailed it, yeah. Yeah, Piper was going to get Piper was going to get his hair cut here, or they were going to try to cut Piper's hair, or he was going to retire. I don't know what the stipulations were in this match. I guess I could look it up. Yeah, you could, you know, just pretend to care a little bit. I do care, man. I've, I've, it's, I've, a, it's a hair versus hair match. Okay, very cool. And that's it. And now Brutus the Barber Beefcake has come in. This is no, he wasn't the barber before this. This is what oh. made him the barber. This is what made him the barber. Yes. Okay. He was just a, a dick dancer prior to this. <laughs> he was a heel dick. Oh my God. Ooh. Dude, he went, went, just calm down about what you just saw, <laughs> but Adonis hitting the clippers mm-hmm. against the top rope. And then pausing and then throwing them into his head. <laughs> Comically well, bad. One, that's gotta, two, gotta and three. There it is. That's the end. He's out. And so now, Brother Bruda is going to go from dick dancer to barber right before our eyes because they're going to give him a little shave and a haircut. Dun dun. Cow in the barnyard. Can I tell you my grandma's version of that? Yeah, what was that? Shave and a haircut, six bits when you milk. Uh, <laughs> grandma's cow has six tits when you milk her. She shits. <laughs> my grandma taught me that when I was a kid. I think it was four bits, then six bits, and then you think it's going to be eight bits, but no, she shits. Yes. So if we are seeing Brutus, the dick dancer become Brutus, the barber beefcake. And the deal is using battery operated shaver after Adonis is, is sweaty and they just can't get it to clip. And <laughs> so what? some hair's coming, but it's not the bald scalping they were hoping for. So years later, they realized they got to have something a little more powerful. Right. There was a, uh, a hair match with Raven and TNA back in the day. Did you ever see that? Never did see it. No. Well, they learned there. Uh, what not to do too, because it's so painful at the end of the match. Raven's head is literally bleeding with every oh pass. God. Cause it, I mean, they're, they're taking skin off. They're scalping him, but they had to oh. get the hair off, but they took fucking skin too. Oh, I'm glad I didn't see that. Oh, we should watch it for sure. No, let's not. Uh, so they're going to, they're, they're determined to get more than just that. Right. I mean, one would think it just goes zip, zip. Oh, we got plenty of hair and that's all we need but they're going to keep on going. Now they got scissors. Yeah. <laughs> so the deal is the, and I know a lot of people are like, why do they do this? Well, they wanted to turn uh beefcake brother. I wonder why mm-hmm. uh, this is a fun spot waiting on him to turn around and see himself in the mirror with less hair. Awesome. 
<laughs> so anyway, the idea is Piper's leaving. He's going to go to Hollywood and make movies and film. They live with John Carpenter. And he thinks, oh, this is my big break. I'll be done with wrestling. I can just do the Hollywood gig and make a bunch of money and work four months a year. Well, that didn't work out. So he comes back, starts wrestling again, but how do we come out of this and give everybody something to do? Well, we'll involve beefcake taken from a heel dick dancer teamed with the man with an arm on the back of his robe. <laughs> and, uh, we'll give him some shears, call him Brutus, the fucking barber beefcake. He'll be a baby face and he can feud with Adrian Adonis because he'll be the one who actually cut the hair. Mm-hmm. And that was the plan. And then there was a dress code violation and he was fired. Interested to know about the dress code violation. Who the but, fuck is that? That's a fan who jumped in the ring. Oh my God. But what could, Pi- shot. <laughs> yeah, what could Piper do except hug the guy, you know? Obviously, yeah, if he was a heel, he would have beat the shit out of him, but he's a baby face. Look at Pat Patterson. It's like, yeah, yeah, do this, do this. And it's like, dude, Pat, we can see you. You're on camera. <laughs> Jack Lanza was a good, good agent as well. He was very good. Smart guy. They depended on him for a lot. As you can see, it's getting darker. Now they got the spotlight on the, uh, the tram. The Conrad goes to the mailbox tram. That'd be amazing. I got to get that now just cause we've hyped it up here. You do. You, you've got to get it, man. You absolutely have to get it. <laughs> Is uh black Jack Lanza married? Married? Yeah. Not that I'm aware of. Okay. Why? I heard a great story about him once and I wasn't sure if I could share it or not. About the, uh, did you hear the same story I heard? Oh, you go first. About the, um, he was, uh, very, uh, he, I don't, is he still alive? Yeah, he's 83. Okay. I don't know. I could tell the story then. He's 83. He ain't listening. Well, I, I just understood that he liked, uh, chambermaids. Is that the same story that you heard? You're saying hotel maids? Yes. Uh-huh. So, so he would expose himself to the maids. Uh, no, but he would have flings with them. I understand. Oh yeah. Okay. Whatever. Well, here, here's the gimmick I heard mm-hmm. and he would bring them up to the room. Mm-hmm. He would pour them some scotch and like a little plastic, like mouthwash cup from the bathroom. Yep. Hand it to him and say, all right, drop the laundry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is the fucking best line ever. <laughs> Drop the laundry. Yeah. Dude, I did spit take the first time I heard it. I wrote it down. <laughs> Drop the laundry. I used to, uh, I, I, I had often heard too, that, uh, the, uh, the larger the maids to him, the better. Hmm. We all would have got along, huh? <laughs> Fuck. <You> okay. <laughs> Almost did a. Conrad Thompson in the basement <laughs> right there. So All right. dangerous Danny Davis out here with the heart foundation who just went in the hall of fame mm-hmm. and man, that set of tag belts right there are some of the most collectible. I know WWE still has one of these. Uh, this is before they went all gold and this is before they went dual plated and it's definitely different side plates. Uh, there's just more silver and black to them. 
but pretty, uh, they're commonly referred to as the bulldog tags. By the way, let me just tell you as a kid, I thought dangerous. Danny Davis here was a complete jackass. And it was my, I didn't know the term then, but mm-hmm. man, he had go away heat with me. Yeah. Well, it's one of those guys you could just look at and say, fuck him. This match coming up, by the way, is the third longest on the card. Uh, the absolute longest is Ricky Steamboat and Randy Savage. It's only 14 and a half minutes. Hogan and Andre go 12. This one's going to go 852. I like the pace. You want to guess what this match got in the observer? This guy, because let's, this, this match got two and a half stars. Uh, two and three quarters. Okay. So you're real close and you didn't even watch it. Yeah, I know. It's up because I promise you this, when we finish with you, there's going to be nothing left of it. You understand that? Boy, Jimmy Hart was one of the hardest working men in wrestling. Was he not? Oh my God. What a promoter. What a promoter. Tito Santana. Wow. And the Bulldogs. Tito, one of the nicest guys in wrestling as well. Really a good guy. I have a lot of time for Tito Santana. Wow, how many people here are gone? Yikes. You mean passed away? Passed away, yeah. Tito's still with us. Yeah, but uh, the Bulldogs. Yeah, that dog's dead, too. Yeah, <laughs> I know that. <laughs> the dog's dead. Yeah, and uh, Jim Neidhart's passed away. I remember where I was when I found out Neidhart passed away. Really? I was in Chicago. The home of the first star cast, by the way. Yep. Sure. I, di- I didn't see enough Dynamite Kid matches to be able to really get to know how great of a worker he was. Can we but- one day for Patreon watch him and Tiger Mask? Sure. I would really. Where? That. Where is that from? Japan. I know it's from Japan. <laughs> But what show was it on? Was is it on the network? Is it no? It's uh, not on the network. But don't worry okay. about it. All right, I, I, I'll get you a link. I know people who know people who know people. Oh, I bet you do. So he and Tiger Mask considered one of the great matches of all time. Yeah, yeah. Do what? Yes. Okay. Affirmative. All right. Correct. Yeah. You know, one thing I've noticed here about it, it, you may have kind of alluded to this earlier, is that uh, not many close-up shots here. This shot that we're seeing, this static shot, this hard camera shot, uh, is kind of the the money shot here, the shot they're using the most. I like. And they're fighting out here, but you know they in in this day and age they they get really closer to guys now, in on their face, and you know get into the and, and I guess back then you know because Fable was still alive, they wanted to to shoot it wider so he wouldn't hear the guys talk. And you wouldn't see stuff connect, but I mean, right. here's my thing that watch shot. That's the same view I was had. I would have, if I had a great seat in the lower level, like right. this is exactly what I would be looking at if I was lower level. So I'm not mad. I like this shot. Yeah, I do too. Makes me feel like I'm there. So what'd you think of WrestleMania over the weekend? Uh, I thought it was long. That's what she said. Yeah. Uh, I thought, uh, 
Yeah, I thought it was okay. I just, uh, I, I, I'm just not so sure with all they got going on now. All right. This is not, I guess you can say this is a critique on their business. I don't know. And I don't know if I even have, if, if any of my critiques of the business even valid anymore or not, but I think of all they got going on now, you know, when and they, they go, they do all these big shows. They got a pay-per-view a month. Uh, they got everything on the network. They were in Saudi Arabia. They're in the UK. Uh, I guess in the month of May, they'll be in the UK. I just don't know if WrestleMania, with the exception of it being a WrestleMania, I just don't know if the matches are as big as they used to be. The event's big, but do the matches mean as much anymore? I, I think the- they got as much as they could out of uh, out of Kofi and, and Daniel Bryan. But I just don't know. I mean, I you know, pat on the back, thumbs up. Great job for putting the women on top. Well-deserved. But I just don't know if the matches, in other words, it may have been a minus four and a half star match, but to me, it doesn't in nothing that had that they had this past weekend, uh, to me had the impact of Hogan, Andre or Hogan and the rock, or I don't know. Think of another great WrestleMania match. Just, it just doesn't, the stuff doesn't stand out to me anymore. Is that valid to say that? Yeah. There's nothing that you say, oh man, that's going to be great. It's just, there's just, there's just too much. There's, there's too much going on, but Hey, what me worry? I'm a billionaire and you know, the, the network's making tons of money and everybody's making, you know, they, I don't know. So that's my thought on that. WrestleMania is a is a wonderful event. It came, there there was something that came out just a couple of weeks ago that said it was one of the biggest events in uh, in sports in the world today, bigger than the World Series. Um, and I the event itself is big, but the matches sometimes leave a lot to be desired. Not faulting the guys, just faulting. Nothing means as much. You know, uh, I hate to even credit him with this, but I was golfing one time with Greg Gagne. And we were golfing in Asheville, North Carolina. And this was probably right before that event, uh, the White Castle of Fear. Yep. And we were golfing, and and he said something to me that, that really stuck with me. And I didn't always agree with everything that Greg Gagne said or did, but he said to me, he said, you've got to pull back. You've got to pull it way back or nothing means anything anymore. And we haven't pulled anything back in wrestling. We just gotten bigger and bigger and more and more and bigger and bigger. And I'm talking about the WWF E and I'm just not so sure it means that much anymore. I don't know if it matters anymore. It's not about going to see a great match. It's about going to WrestleMania. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, but I mean, that's, I mean, how about this? When you go to the super bowl, it's not about going to see that. It's about going to the super bowl. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I mean, that's really a credit to them though. Just building something. Yeah. Hey, 
I agree. I just, um, I don't know. There's just so much to see. It's, 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 it's the world we live in. My God, I go back to this, that I don't think baseball is what it used to be. And I work in baseball now, and I don't think it's what it used to be because back then you, you didn't see everything on TV and now you see every play, every out on TV. And to me, it just doesn't mean as much. So where was uh, Dynamite Kid's uh, back problems by the time this match happened? Oh, not good. He's out here held together by, you know, duct tape. Right. Yeah, they, they, they take it easy on him because, I mean, he's dragging himself out here just to get paid. Sure. I mean... Mel's word even right. It's very sad watching a guy who in his prime was as good a worker as this decade has, has now been reduced to being a virtual cripple. Right. Even worse, a chemically stuffed cripple. Mm. That is a shame. Well, Tito and uh, and Davy Boy doing most of the work here, obviously. Oh, for sure. Yeah. They get uh, dynamite involved on the outside. I heard. I don't know if you've heard the stories, and I and I think Bruce has probably told the stories before. Look at this fans going crazy. Oh, fuck! That was pretty stiff. At least it looked that way. I heard uh, Davey Boy, I mean, uh, Dynamite Kid was pretty big river, too, at one time. Absolutely, he was. Yeah, yeah. But brutal ribs, not funny ribs. Right, right, not funny ribs. Yeah, right. Did you hear about, um... well, you probably did. No, go ahead. What? Nah, I'll leave it alone. Let's talk about uh, <laughs> Tito Santana. All right. You know, hmm. you, you know Tito? You were spending time with Tito? Just uh, when I was in the WWF. Uh, and uh, he was, I, I, like I said, he was a really, really a nice guy. Really friendly. Worked pretty hard. He had a lot of time as far as making appearances and promotion. There's a one, two, three, and Danny Davis gets the cover. But uh, that's that, that's all I can tell you about him. Why? What, what, what story have you heard? Oh, nothing. I was just, you know, just yeah. didn't know if you knew anything about him. No, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not crapping on Tito. No, I think he, was, he became an agent too. No, I think he teaches school. I think he does now, but I think he was an agent for, for a while, for a short period of time. Yeah. He probably decided that shit ain't for me. Yeah. I mean, I, Jesus, you know, right I remember one time thinking, you know, I'd like to do that. Be an agent. <laughs> nope. After going backstage and seeing the agents seeing the light that they lead and how miserable they were. I thought, oh, I don't want to do that. Or I'm sorry. They're not agency more. Are they? They're producers. Wow. The bulldog. They weren't as crisp on the replays back then as they 
They are now. Well, of course, they don't have the tools. Right. I mean, back then, they were using videotape and putting things together and going from one video machine to another. And there's your one, two, three. Kerwin selfies, obviously in the truck. The director. I don't know if Kevin Dunn's in the truck at this time or not. Kevin was mostly post-production by back at that time. But uh, Nelson Swagler, part of this uh, team. Swagler. <laughs> Dr. Nelson Swagler. Dr. Nelson. <laughs> Something else, man. Hey, there was a story that uh, that apparently this – I don't know if you've heard this story or not. Uh, this Superdome, like many of the arenas, had an airlock. Whoa, wait a minute here. Let's go to this interview. ...athlete of all time. He is not elected until this date to challenge Hulk Hogan for the heavyweight championship. And this afternoon at WrestleMania three, Bobby Heenan, your man, Andre the Giant, will be doing just that. You bet he's going to be doing just that. He's going to become the heavyweight champion of the world, and I'll tell you why. First of all, the man is undefeated in over 15 years as a professional athlete. Hulk Hogan has never been in the ring or met a man bigger than him, stronger than him, taller than him, that weighs more than him, and with a burning will inside more than Andre the Giant. You see, Hogan, few short hours from now, that clock is ticking, and it's ticking in our direction, not yours. Hulkamania is over. Hulkamania is dead. The door's going to be shut on the history books of Hulk Hogan once and for all. There is a new heavyweight champion of the world, the odds-on favorite in Las Vegas and all over the whole wrestling world. They're picking Andre the Giant. Nobody can defeat this man. Nobody even can come close to defeating this man. And Hogan, I know what's happening to you now because it's happening to me. The butterflies are in my stomach. The adrenaline's flowing through my veins, and I'm getting ready because I'm going to manage the heavyweight champion of the world. And Hogan, hey, you had three good years. You got nothing to look back on, but it's all over. Andre the Giant, the new heavyweight champion of the world. The biggest heavyweight title bout of all time, Andre the Giant, to meet Hulk Hogan. Pretty cool, man. Yeah, he did a great job of making it seem bigger than life. Really did make it seem that the challenge was insurmountable for, for Hogan. Dr. Slick, WrestleMania. So anyway, uh, this, uh, this arena or this stadium, like the Georgia Dome and like the RCA Dome in Indianapolis at one time, you know, had the inflatable roof. Right. And, and thus... You you could you would go but you would go from one door into this other little room, and then open the other door and go into the arena. That's right. And it'll yeah. be, be be like an airlock, right? I, I did that over at the uh, Tokyo Dome. Right, right. Uh, I heard the story that Jim Barnett got stuck in the the room and couldn't open the door. It was in there one of those little rooms for hours trying to get out, pulling on the door for hours, for hours. Like, Oh my boy. But I don't know if it was hours or not. It could have been, you know, minutes, 20 minutes or whatever. But he, you know, Jim Barnett was not a big strapping, strong man. He was just kind of a little, little guy and he couldn't get the door open. And, uh, they told me that story. Told me that story. They told me that Coco beware. He's got the bird. 
He's the Birdman. He's the Birdman. Do you remember the Birdman? The bird's name? Uh, yeah, it was Paulie. No. Uh, Freddie. No. Frankie. Yeah. <laughs> God. <laughs> Damn. See, I'm not as old and decrepit as you may think. Jesse's still rocking in his chair, man. It's just something he did, right? Something he did. He always rocked. There he goes again. See it? Rock, rock, rock. Hacksaw Butch Reed. God, go. we saw him in a bonus episode at World Class Championship Wrestling. We've seen him in Doom. Just can't get rid of this guy, can you? He's everywhere. Coco showed nothing and Reed looked terrible. Match itself was a dud, although the post match stuff where Santana ripped up Slick's clothes was okay. I'm just saddened to see what injuries have done to these former super talents. Bluntly, Reed stinks. Half mm. a star, but only for the post match antics. Hmm. Yeah, well, I, I guess many people could say that because of Doom and WCW, that maybe Reed's best years were ahead of him. Possibly. Not sure. That's a well-trained bird right there, man. A well-trained bird. It's either well-trained bird or his, uh, he's hooked to his perch. I don't know. Well-trained bird. He says, well-trained bird is Coco beware in the, uh, hall of fame. Absolutely. Yeah. There you go. And to me, he's always the example. Whenever somebody's like, do they deserve it? I always got to, well, Coco beware. <laughs> oh, by the way, congratulations to the, the new class in the hall of fame, just inducted. Well-deserved. All righty. Brutus, the barber beefcake. Hey, did you see, see what'd you think when you found out Wahoo McDaniel went in over the weekend? Uh, you didn't know that until I just told you. I didn't know that. Wow. Well, yeah, Are you serious? Yeah. They didn't do like the big stage presentation. Maybe that's why it slipped under the radar. They just did like, you know, the legacy, blah, blah, blah. So they just like rattle off a bunch of names, Uh huh. but he was on there. I mean, officially Wahoo McDaniel is in the hall of fame. Well, until he gets his day on the dais and well, they can't, you know, he's fucking dead. So, well, I mean, his family could, right? Yeah. Well, just so you know, that means I, he's, he's not getting. On stage, okay. no one from his family. I know he's not getting on stage. No, I'm just saying, like his family's not either, because he's in already. So they can't, they can't put him in again. I mean, I guess they could, but because they put in Brett twice, and well, I, I just Sean twice. I just want to congratulate the, the everyone who's in the Hall of Fame, and I, I think it's great. And but I don't pay that much attention to it. I I don't go to the Hall of Fame. I don't watch the Hall of Fame ceremonies. Uh, I got, you know things to do saying that like you're you know maybe quarter hot <laughs> i'm not a quarter hot I'm not a quarter hot at all i know there have been some guys some gals some people on social media freddie wants to look in the camera here on social media that have lobbied for me to get into the hall of fame i am humbled by that effort but i think it's all for naught and that's all i got to say about that Alrighty. Alrighty. So Coco beware here in the hall of fame, hacksaw, butch Reed, uh, who Meltzer is obviously shit all over. 
I don't know why that's so funny. Yeah, hacksaw moving slow here. I get it. Who's our referee? Hey, can I give you a spoiler? Yeah. It's about Starcast. Oh, good. I like those kind of spoilers. There's going to be um <clears throat> entertainment at the yeah. uh double or nothing after party. Oh my god. Yeah. Really? Somebody we know, uh, you'll be pretty familiar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Oh, my imagination is running wild right now. Watch there's a roll up in a two count. You might not even need blue chew. Oh man. I, I think I'm kind of, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> really? Are you serious? Are you, are you serious? Or are you just bullshitting me here? No, I'm very serious. Oh my God. I'm, uh, I'm looking at confirmations right now. Oh and I was God. like, man, I need to tell him this, but we're on the air. So I guess I'll just try to tell him in code. Okay. Tell me in code. I think you, I, oh my God. Would you, uh, would you text me that person's number? <laughs> what, what's the deal with you on everybody's number? Well, you got everybody's number. I guess I'm just kind of, uh, I don't know. I'm kind of jealous, I guess. I don't know. I, when have you asked me for a number and you didn't get it? No, you always give me the number. No, here we go. Here's the entertaining part. <laughs> I, I love, I wish you would call wrestling that way. Okay. Fans that sucked, but this won't stay tuned. Stay tuned. Hey, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Here's the entertaining here. We've been waiting on this part. They all boy, this match sucked, but look at this. All right, Reverend Slick. It's dark in there now, Bubba. Yes, it is. It looks so different daytime to nighttime, does it not? Oh, yeah. When you, when you look down that aisle, too, and it's just dark, and he's like trying to, you know, the spotlight's trying to keep up with him as he's stumbling away. It's like, you know. Yeah. It's a different building. Well, you want to guess what's next? Do you remember? Uh, let's see. We've had the uh, tag team matches. Um, well, it's, is this going to be uh, Savage and... Uh, Woo! You goddamn right it is. Goddamn. I'm ready to get it too, son. Okay. Listen, it's there's no Jake way we're going to be able to do this justice. So It's not Jake the Snake and Honky Tonk first? I believe you. I, I shouldn't question you. Get you mad. Get you pissed off. Ricky Steamboat. Okay. Uh, a, a story about Ricky Steamboat and, uh, and the Macho Man Randy Savage that I've been told that this was a match that they had worked on for a long time in house shows. They would do a spot here, and let's put that spot in the match at WrestleMania. They go to another house show. They work a program, or they work a match, and they do a couple of sequences and they insert that in. So this was like the culmination of these guys working together for a little while. And that's what one of the things that made the, gr the match great. Another thing that obviously made the match great was both these guys could really go. So I'd often heard that story. Do you ever heard that story? No. Yeah. Um, 
there is a wrestler out there uh, who is uh, who I know has uh, been wrestling on the independent scene, who tells me that there was a notebook that, and I, I often wanted to ask Steamboat this, and I should have asked him at Ric Flair's party, that there was a notebook that Steamboat kept for this match where he and the Savage would go and do a house show and they would do a sequence and they, and Steamboat would go back out of the match and write down that sequence. And he would have all these notes about he and the matches that he and Savage had had leading up to this. And there was a notebook that they had referred to, to put this match together. Now, whether that's true or not, I don't know, but that's what this person claims. That's, that's kind of the, uh, the story that I, I think most wrestlers on the independent scene and, and maybe the WWE as well think that, that this, you know, we talk about, oh, well, back then, you know, you had a match like Steamboat and Savage, and it was one of the greatest matches of all time, and it was not choreographed. And the, the, the talk is, well, yeah, it was choreographed. It's just not choreographed the way they are today. Now, who we got here? Oh, this is a doctor. Dr. Zahorian, maybe? I doubt it. I love you for even fucking knowing the name. Okay. Uh, just, uh, you just never know. I mean, they didn't, they didn't put a video font at the doctor. It could have been Dr. Z. Uh, so here we go. Steamboat and the macho man, Randy Savage. <laughs> Look at <laughs> the one and only. Oh God. You know, he was, uh, a very smart man. You're talking about George, the animal steel. Yes, he was very smart man. School teacher. I wasn't arguing that. I'm just saying some people aren't watching with us. They're just listening. So when you say, oh, he was smart, but you didn't say his name. I was just trying right, to right, right. George, the animal steel, who just came by with, with, uh, miss Elizabeth, uh, very, very intelligent guy had an autograph signing with him a number of years ago. Uh, and, uh, here we go. <laughs> oh, I'd love to hear him talk. I don't think you're ready for this after party. Uh, I'm having to pick out pictures right now. Mm-hmm. You ain't ready. Oh, I think I can be ready. Wait, it will, but well, hang on a second. Now, now, wait, now, wait, now, wait, now, wait, whoa. Hey, as exciting as this after party sounds to me, mm-hmm. keep in mind that I'm there to work and I'm there on your staff. And I know how the first darkcast was. I was not there to work. I was just kind of there, but I went up to the meetings and the meetings lasted late into the night and you got up early in the morning and how are you going to be able to have an after party and shoehorn an after party in to all the work and all the effort and all the, the crazy hours that your, you and your staff have to keep for a starcast event. How are you going to work that in? Well, I, we did an after party last year. Thanks for paying attention. I wasn't there. I, you know, I left early. No, I know, but I'm saying it happened last year. It'll happen again. And, he, and here's how we do it. I don't go. It's you don't awesome. Go to the party. No, I make sure it's right. I make sure it's good, but uh-huh. I can't stay up there and get shit housed and enjoy. I mean, I wish I could, but dude, I got stuff going on as soon as I wake up. So, I mean, I got to go to bed early, like it's Christmas the next day. And I'm I mean, nine years old. I mean, I yeah, got to, but, but wait, wait a second. This is after, uh, double or nothing. Double or nothing. This is on a Saturday, right? Yeah. Or Friday? Saturday night, Saturday night. And you have one more day of Starcast. That's right. Which is going to start later on Sunday. It'll right? start, start at 10 a.m. 10 a.m. Okay. 
I thought it started like at one o'clock, 10 a.m. on Sunday. So based on all the days that you have, it's probably, I'm sure they're all big, but it's probably the shorter day, right? No, the shortest day is Thursday by far. Okay. All right. Cause Thursday we get started, you know, late meet and greets are at four. Right. And, and we're doing it, you know, midnight. If you go to the, all the jam session stuff. Okay. But Sunday, yeah, we start at 10 and you know, it's a, I say it's an early day, but it's not late night, but whoa, son, that after party is going to be legit. <laughs> That's pretty cool. You know what? I'm going to predict it right now. Somebody's going to get pregnant after that after her. <laughs> oh, oh, he's fired up. Oh, they got the shit music in. I didn't even listen. Okay. Let's just pretend this okay. is going to be the best match of my career. People will talk about it forever. I mean, serious business. Mm-hmm. Best, I mean, I know everybody, and I mean almost everybody, regards the trilogy of matches that Steamboat had in '89 with Ric Flair as being the best matches ever. But this one was clearly seen by more people. Sure, it was. You know, so when you think about, you know, most best match in WrestleMania history up to this point, this is it for sure. And I think right. most people would argue. You know, that this is the best match until maybe 10. And I think some people might argue that Brett and Owen was better. A lot of people would argue that Razor and Sean is better. But I think some people disqualify that one because they had the gimmick of the ladder match. But then you'd have to go all the way to WrestleMania 25, I believe, with um, Sean and The Undertaker for it to be a match that people still talk about in that regard. And I, I really want to watch that one sometime with you on Patreon because I know you don't. You didn't see a lot of the Undertaker matches, and you certainly didn't see a lot of Shawn Michaels matches. You watched your first single Shawn Michaels match since we've been doing the show. So to see those guys really at their absolute best in 2009 is probably something we should make time to see. That right there is the most famous Intercontinental title ever. If you're a belt nerd, you know that. We've just had... The uh, bulldog tags we were talking about earlier as being the most collectible. Well, that is the most collectible version of the intercontinental as well. Instead of the tooling around the edge of the belt being shaped like seashells, it's just a straight line and the WWF logo at the top, instead of it being, uh, raised, it's actually lowered and painted red. So a red uh, intercontinental made by Reggie parks on the secondary market would cost you a pretty penny. Here we go. Uh, what this match is most notable for Tony, and I think you would appreciate this, the number of false finishes. So we haven't seen any yet. Of course, we're just now letting the clock start to run and uh, macho man trying to separate Elizabeth from George, the animal steel, putting her in the opposite corner. And here we go. We're going to lock up. Let's look at the, the false finishes here. See if we can keep track. Okay. Supposedly, by the way, everything in this match was uh, planned ahead of time. None of it called in the ring. Right. Macho Man was a compulsive planner, and that was a little bit unique for Steamboat. And I know some people like to rib Diamond Dallas Page for being a planner, but here's the deal. I don't care how we get there. I just want a good match. Right. And no one can argue that these guys didn't nail it here. So whether they wrote it down or choreographed it or planned it or called it in the ring, it was fucking awesome. And, you know, you, you talk about the false finishes in this match. Maybe this is a match that set the standard for all the false finishes we see now, because as you know, we see 
tons of them now. Yeah. And they're nonstop action. You know, there's not a right. lot of, there's not a lot of downtime here. Here you go. One, one count. All right. There's one. It was cool too, because it was just, you know, sort of out of nowhere and he didn't give it the traditional wrestling two and three quarters count. No, I'm going to kick out a one. Mm-hmm. That brings uh that brings realism into it. It does. Like, come on, yeah. dude, that ain't going to work. Right. Oh man. He took that straight on dude. Yes, he did. I loved when he, when Ricky would pick people up like that. Mm-hmm. Nobody uses that move anymore. Like he's trying to yank the shoulder out of its socket. Oh yeah. There's your full arm dragon twist. Yes. Ricky dragon. Uh, there's a lot of things that, that have been lost in wrestling. We really have. I mean, everybody does the, the collar and elbow tie up, which, and everybody, you know, they get down to the mat side headlock. They still do that trying to bring it back to a, a wrestling match, but that's about all they do. There's a lot that they just don't do anymore. Hey, those boots that steamboats wear in there. Some guy tried to sell me a few years ago for like 15 grand. Yikes. Guess what? I don't have those boots. Yeah, you got it. Guess what? He still has those boots. That's right. I didn't tell you, but I got something awesome the other day. Wow. I got to tell you off here. I don't have it in my possession yet, but I've made okay. the deal. I just got to go pick it up. Okay. I don't want to spoil it and give it away, but I'll tweet a picture out or I'll post it on Patreon or something. Okay. But, do that. Uh, there, let me get off air. I got to tell you, cause you're going to be like, no, you didn't. Cause it was like, holy shit. How did I get this? So, Hey, uh, if you're, if you're listening, you got some cool old wrestling collectibles. You'd like to turn into cash. They don't know what you got down there at the pawn shop, but old Conrad does hit him up. And Hey, Hey, it's Conrad on Twitter. Let's did a promotion for myself to buy shit. That. Look how loose the ropes are. How different is that? Well, the, the WWF's ropes were always kind of looser than the NWA's. I always thought, well, I, I wouldn't agree with that necessarily. You guys had some loose ones too, but I'm just saying now with all the guys doing springboards off everything, oh, they'd fucking right. die. Yeah. Right. Let me just tell you, that is the most classic macho man. Look to me, those yellow boots with the stars and those tights. Mm-hmm. I think I had the action figure that looked identical to that too. Isn't it amazing how understated, but successful Liz was like people talk about her as being one of the best managers of all time. And she literally had to do nothing. Just look concerned. Nope. I mean, nobody has a favorite Liz promo or. She just looked concerned in the corner, clapped when she needed to. That was it. False finish. I did an interview with her, a live interview with her. What my one year in the WWE false finish. And that's uh, three. And I remember doing the interview and I remember we, she and I had to go back in Vince's office in the backstage area and rehearse the interview in front of him. It was completely scripted and rehearsed. From what I said, how I introduced her to what she said. And that just sticks with me about how beautiful she was and, and how well she did and remembered what she had to say. And she was nervous and I was obviously nervous. And, uh, I wonder that's gotta be on a, a wrestling challenge somewhere. I think really explains why the ropes were loose. Now that we see macho man tied up in them, huh? Yep. Yep. Well, we saw that a number of times. We saw guys tied up in the ropes. Wasn't Andre tied up in the ropes? Here's a false finish. One, two. There's a fourth one. 
wasn't uh, Andre tied up in the ropes one time with Jake the Snake and the, the Snake? And oh, here's yeah. another one. One, two. There's five. Six. Go get it again. Here we go. They're, they're in their element now. And that's a level, a level of realism after every move you go for a right. cover. Yep. Uh, what do you think of Joey Styles' commentary? Uh, in more recent years, before he sort of left wrestling, seemingly for good this time, people would mock his commentary on social media. And I know that's popular just to mock or shit on anything and everything. And sure. Everybody gets their fair share of it, especially in the wrestling space, myself included, you included, everybody. But, um, whenever Joey was calling a match and, and someone would cover someone for a pin, Joey would yell cover like to let everybody know this could be it. He's Mm -hmm. got him covered, but he would just yell the word cover. And there were lots of people who were real critical of that. Really? You called wrestling forever. What do you think of that? I don't, I don't think that's, uh, I don't think that's bad at all. I think I may have said that a number of times as well. Who would win a back hair off? Dutch Mantel or George Animal Steel? No, Dutch Mantel would. Dutch would crop his hair in the back in, in the shape sometime of an hourglass. You mean he would have it shaved into an hourglass? An hourglass figure, yeah, in the back. Yep. Dutch Mantel took care of his hair, his back hair. So we've had six false finishes. Going to the top rope. Yeah. I think one thing that this double sledge, one of his primary moves. I think one of the things that made this match great was the referee too. Hebner yeah. was visibly out of breath and spent. And that just shows how fast paced and reckless and crazy this match was his reaction to all this. What do you think of the ring on a platform here? I'm for it. I, I think it's kind of like uh, the uh, kind of like the uh, now when they have and they're going to have it, or they had it. Uh, I guess if this is airing Monday. They had it at Minneapolis at the Final Four. They put the uh, put the court on a platform. What do you mean but, this is airing Monday? We've talked about WrestleMania in past tense all day. Well, I mean this is airing on Monday after WrestleMania, but no, Monday no, we is ta- the day. We, we taped it on Monday. Everybody, it's airing on Wednesday. But for our fans on Patreon, is on Monday, right? We're not talking about them. We're not? <laughs> okay. Listen, Never mind what I was going to say. If, but anyway. If we're going to lie, you got to get your shit together. Okay? <laughs> it, I don't anyway. think we're ready to reveal that we taped this shit on Wednesday. And I've been asking <laughs> you what you thought of WrestleMania. And you didn't know what to do. And I just did it for my own fucking humor. <laughs> so what did you think of WrestleMania? Knowing good and well that shit didn't happen. Hey, did you see Jimmy Hart over the weekend? Uh... Well, you know, no. about WrestleCon, he wasn't even at WrestleCon. He's not booked. It was a trick question. <laughs> then why even ask me? Because I'm fucking with you, Tony. <laughs> I'm fucking with you. Did we just miss a false finish? Uh, no, we did not. Okay. They were outside. They fought in. We're getting ready to have a couple of them here, though. Watch. Here's one. One, two, and that's seven, unofficially. I thought it was eight, but we'll go seven. Well, if you want to go with eight, it's fine. Boy, you just gave up real quick on that. <laughs> well, you know, well, you are the goat. 
and I do mean greatest of all time. Watch out. Here we go. Boy, Simo could sell, could sell, couldn't he? Wait a minute. That's, that's a disqualification. Nope. No disqualification. Incidental back body drop. Didn't throw him over the top rope on purpose. Just trying to clarify the rules here. There you go. Bring it back in the ring. Awesome. Jumped over the referee. <laughs> One, two, another false finish. About eight. We'll make that nine. We'll go with the Conrad count of nine. Steamboat again. One, two. You know, we saw this earlier that Steamboat early in the matches against Flair would try to get the pin. This match stands a test of time, buddy. Without you know, question. Yeah, you go back and you think, you know what? It, in our mind, it was always one of the greatest matches of all time, and now we're getting ready to watch it. Will it be as good as we thought? Yeah, it is. It's as good as we thought. One, two, there's 11. I'm glad uh, Hebner didn't kick the, uh, there's another one, one, 12, 13, 13, inside cradle, 14, Yeah, the fans are into this too. And why shouldn't they be? Catapult. Everybody take a breath here. After that, about what, four, five, five? There's another one. Five false finishes. There's 15. Almost hit the referee. 16. And 17. <laughs> this is fucking cool. See how the referee, see, see how he's just kind of like, oh God, he's probably legitimately, you know, blown up here, but he's, he's staggering. <laughs> yeah. Hebner did a good job of selling this whole match. <laughs> oh, the referee bump. <laughs> wow. That's a hell of a ref bump. So we've had unofficially 17 false finishes here, Conrad. Referee is down. Because he's fucking exhausted. <laughs> he is exhausted. <laughs> Here's the macho man with his big elbow coming up. Wow. Hard to work that one. No referee. Count that as a false finish. One, two. I will. I'll count that as 18. 
All right. One more time. This time, well, I thought he was going to go to the other side with an elbow. What's he doing here? Whoa, my God. Went for the bell, and George Animal Steel oh, takes the bell. Fuck it. He's getting the bell, man. Now our referee's back. Here we go. 18 false finishes. One, two, three. What a fucking match, man. 19 false finishes. Look at the fans. They're, they're, Standing. They're, yep. Banana. And by the yes. way, you want to guess what Meltzer gave it? Oh, God. What? He had to give it five stars. Four and a half. Yeah. Okay. Every bit. Read to me what he wrote about you. Got it in front of you. It's been almost one year since I've seen a WWF match, the caliber of this. In fact, this match was better than any match on Crockett Starcade show last Thanksgiving. Only criticism, which isn't of the match at all, but of steamboats interview, which started things off silly, tons of near falls on both sides. Some exceptional spots and match built up in excitement from the beginning. When he's on, Savage is one incredible talent, the equal of anyone in this business besides Flair. After a referee bump, Savage got a false finish using his elbow drop. When he went for a second one, George Steele pushed him off the top rope. Steamboat quickly cradled Savage to capture the title. Savage had the advantage the majority of the match. Both guys did an excellent job in making it so even. Though Savage lost, he lost none of his steam because he appeared stronger throughout the match. Four and a half stars. Awesome. It's a five star match, though. There, there it is. I, I don't know. I don't know how you can dock a half star for anything, except maybe dock that half star for that. As he said, let's, silly steamboat interview. Let's call it like it is. Yeah. Five star. Man. He's, he's, he's my buddy, but Meltzer had an anti WWF bias here and he'll deny it. But I mean, he's just negative about everything that they're present. What a shot that is. Isn't that great? The way they, the cameraman stays put and mm -hmm. the spotlight follows them and they're scooting away on the cart, man, that's like out of a movie. It's tremendous. Yeah. Really, really good shot. I think Meltzer had the WWF bias because of his hatred for Hogan. Yeah. He hated Hogan and I think he hated Vince and he didn't like this type of wrestling and he liked it a little more down and dirty like Crockett. Uh, Alice Cooper here with Jake, the snake at WrestleMania three. When you go against the honky tonk man and Jake in light of all that's happened in the past, especially in the snake pit where the honky tonk man blasted you with that guitar. I expect to shoot. I don't remember that. Huh? I know you, you remember. don't think I don't remember what happened. I still remember. And that's the reason this man is there, because I'll tell you something, Oakland. I don't think Jimmy Hart, number one, he's got the man to take care of me in the honky-tonk. And number two, the honky-tonk is not the man that thought of this whole thing. I'm telling you, Jimmy Hart had to plant the seed because honky-tonk hasn't got enough guts to take a shot at me. But honky-tonk, when you take a shot at a man like me, you better make that shot count. And you didn't. You see, I'm still walking. And that's all I need to do is to get in that ring this afternoon, my man, and have my way with you. 
Alice Cooper, I'm sure you're going to be keeping tabs on Jimmy Mouth of the South Heart. I noticed the Spurs. Yes, I'll be watching him all the way. This will be his nightmare. This is also my hometown in the hometown of heavy metal. Oh, I love it. We're going to ride, brother. Jesse, this has been the greatest wrestling extravaganza. Well, Alice didn't look like he was too excited about being there. Well, I'll tell you, Gorilla, it's not I also noticed here, uh, Conrad, is uh, that this was before the exploding guitars, wasn't it? That guitar that he whacked Jake with didn't break at all. Jake would blame his addiction problems on that chair, that guitar shot. He said that, you know, really fucked his neck up, but he couldn't take any time off because he's afraid he'd lose his spot, blah, blah, blah. Right. So he started to use painkillers and eventually he does take a little time off. And Jake would tell you that. He got on the gas while he was off and laid out by the pool. And when he came back, Vince was mad at him and said, you're bigger than Hogan. You got to lose some of that. So he made him stop working out. This is according to Jake. So he wouldn't overshadow Hulk Hogan. And then, uh, when he was at the survivor series, they wanted to bring in a 30 foot snake and have the entire team bring it in. Here's a honky tonk man promo. Honky Tonk, your opponent, Jake the Snake, is in the ring, and I understand it. Betty Lou's at ringside. That's Peggy Sue, and she's getting sick and tired of it. Now, I know that 90,000 people out there are waiting. They're waiting for one thing. They want to hear the Honky Tonk Man sing. They want to see the Honky Tonk Man dance. They want to hear the number one hit single in America today. They want to hear, that's all right, Honky Tonk Mama, and they're going to get to hear it. They're not going to listen to any nightmare song made by Alice Cooper. Let me tell you, Alice Cooper, if you think you're going to put your hands on a colonel, you'll never Never get a chance because a honky tonk man is going to take care of Jake the Snake. I'm going to sing and dance for everybody out there that supported me 100%. I love everyone. I, I don't want to hear the honky tonk man say this. Really? Yeah, really. And we heard him sing this past weekend, mm. which has definitely happened because we are definitely not taping on Wednesday. It's past so, tense. He's a Hall of Famer right now as I speak. So, um, the 30 foot snake at survivor series. I think I know what you're going to yeah, go so, ahead. So they wanted Hogan and demolition to, to carry it. And, you know, allegedly when they, they, he had one spot. It was before that, where he gave, uh, he was in the ring with Hulk Hogan and the crowd started chanting DDT. And Jake says, I knew right then I was fucked because they were not gonna stop all the momentum they had with Hogan and go with me. Mm-hmm. He was the franchise. So they made him an ally, did the whole snake thing. And then eventually had to turn him heel because Jake was just so over with the fans and he was so muscular and so tall Mm -hmm. and the fans were just with him so much that it wasn't Vince's plan. So he had to change everything to hold him down. Didn't want him to overshadow Hulk Hogan. Just according to Jake. Yeah. 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 Now I remember I was at a survivor series, 89. They were going to come out with a 30 foot snake and I never will forget it because it was out. It was, it was at the Rosemont horizon and I was there backstage and they had this big crate for the snake and they pulled this snake out. It was fucking gigantic. They were have pe- they were going to have people bring it to the ring and the snake, I, the snake pissed all over everybody and was pissed off, had his mouth open. It was flailing back and forth. And, uh, Vince said, put that snake back in the box. He doesn't want to work today. So they didn't use that snake. 
And that's one of the, the things backstage. I'll never forget how that snake looked and smelt and was pissed off. And that was Survivor Series of 1989. I also remember doing a, they, they shot some vignettes with Jake the Snake at the, uh, the offices in, uh, or Titan TV on Hamilton Place. And I, I was there when they shot it. They had it in the studio. And they had a, a, they had a snake handler there and had all these different snakes, like a cobra and all these different snakes. And in between takes, you could hear Jake say, i got to be fucking crazy. I gotta be fucking crazy handling all these fucking snakes, but it was a gimmick and you know, he went with it, but it was a very dangerous day for him. And you know, and I think you would agree. I, I saw your reaction at rocket city wrestling. Uh, and I don't want to offend anybody who likes reptiles, but fuck a fucking snake. No, you know? super fuck a snake. Yeah. Fuck a fucking snake. You know, like you know, that du- you yeah. know my grandfather used to say about snakes. Yeah. Uh, the only good kind of snakes, a dead snake. Exactly. None right. of that's not popular. I get that. I'm just, mm-hmm. I'm sharing country sayings from the South. Y'all. Yeah, exactly. I, I'm the same way. Fuck a fucking snake. And how about that dumbass Dave Silva put the snake around his head? You know what though? If you were Dave Silva, you wouldn't have anything to live for either. <laughs> you know, you just look, I mean, this man once upon a time <laughs> took abuse <laughs> From uh, mm-hmm. a failed podcaster. Right. And then I was nice to him. He liked that. Yeah. And unfortunately, he liked someone we won't speak of, Bruce. Mm-hmm. And that guy was just mean to him. Right. Mean to him. I know. Threw pictures at him. Threw pictures at him last WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. Just mean. Mean. And then, you know, he got to know Eric. Mm-hmm. Come on. Nobody's ever accused Eric of being nice. Right. And then he knows you who everything you start, you quit halfway through. Yeah. But I'm a nice guy. You are nice when you're quitting. But so then when he sees the opportunity mm-hmm. for a snake to just wrap around his throat, he just, you know, he was looking for the sweet embrace of death, the mm. sweet release. Yeah. And I get yeah. Well, that's Dave. It is. That's Dave. That's Dave. We know, but I never will forget when the guy came over with a snake, I looked at you and you looked at me and it was like, immediately we both were saying the same thing. Fuck, fuck a fucking this. snake. Yeah. Fuck this. I'm not doing that. Yeah. Fuck that. You know, I mean, first of all, let's run through this. Mm-hmm. We don't know if that was a pet snake. Didn't matter. We're no, what I'm saying is we're in the country, son. Right. That snake could have been in the field out yonder. Exactly. What's so funny is one of our patrons, I won't say their name. Mm -hmm. He's like, um, Conrad, I thought you were going to take us to like some real Alabama. Well, I thought we were going to see the real Alabama. (laughs) I was just quiet for a minute. And I said, what do you mean? He's like, I thought we were going to see like, you know, real Southern shit. I said, dude, I just took you to a meeting three in the hood where everything there's fried. You don't, they don't ask if you want it. They put tomato and onion on every plate. They have collard greens and turnip greens on the right. same menu. And then after that, we drove out here to the middle of a fucking field. We're in a town that don't even have a red light. They've got a caution light. 
and we're watching wrestling in a metal building and a white guy is about to wrestle a black guy. And the white guy brought a noose to the ring Oh God! and hanging in the corners, the Georgia state flag, where some people in the room thought that was an actual Confederate flag, but whatever, dude, this is as Alabama as it gets. <laughs> I, I don't know what they were you. looking for. I, 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 well, where I else can I, I mean, I, I fed you barbecue. Yeah. I mean, what, what, there's no more Alabama than this. Well, that's right. I can get you some natty light and we can drink them on the bed of my dad's pickup truck. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's about all I get you Alabama wise. And they got to be Larry Thompson too. By the way, have we talked about the fact that Cassio kid finally traded in as a uh, soccer mom SUV and he's got a real automobile now? No. You know, he's got that number one in the book. 19 books running or whatever uh-huh. it is money. Right. Now number one morning show host at Huntsville, Alabama. And, uh, so yeah, he went and he went and bought him a new truck. Well, good for him. That prick could ever show up. Maybe we'd see the truck. Well, I don't plan that. I mean, I don't, I don't think we'll ever see it. You know? Yeah. I, I well, it's, is Cassio going to, he's obviously going to be at Starcast. But he's not going to drive the truck from Alabama to Vegas for that. But can't imagine. And it's not like you're coming over anytime soon. Well, you know, since we're home from WrestleMania, I'm not leaving again. So I'm here. I'm like, there's no shows for me mm-hmm. from from here on out. Like, you know, through Starcast. So if you want to just come hang out and, and get away from the wife and don't act like you don't want to, then uh, you're welcome to. Okay. You know, I got baseball. Yeah. But I mean, why not? Maybe I, maybe I can come over on after a Sunday day game or something. I'm going to be driving, um, a long distance. One of those weekends mm-hmm. and, I'll, and I'll think of you cause I know you like to drive. Yeah. I love to drive. And did the honky tonk, oh fuck, the honky tonk man win that thing. And they, uh, Jake was aiming to take his fucking head off with that, that guitar. Honky tonk man pinned Jake Roberts in seven minutes and two seconds with a poorly executed cradle from behind when Jake went after Jimmy Hart finish was messed up and it appeared Alice Cooper kind of screwed up in the post-match antics. Jake was real good here and carried the way honky is fun. But once the bell rings, he ceases to be much two and a half stars. How big of a deal was Alex Cooper in his day? Oh, he was a fuck. He shit. School's out for summer. Fuck man. That's the, they, they, have you heard the legendary stories about biting the head off of a bat at his, uh, I wouldn't have done this buddy in no fucking way. I would have shit my white pants right there. But you ever heard the stories about him biting the head off a bat at one of his concerts? You know, you know why I didn't? Why? Because he didn't. He Oz- didn't do that. Ozzy Osbourne did that. Ozzy Osbourne did it. I thought he did it. No. Okay. Now, well, he did now, some crazy thing. Yeah, he had a chicken incident. A chicken incident. Yeah. What did he do to the chicken? Did he choke the chicken? <laughs> Is this real? <laughs> Brought to you by Blue Chew. A fan threw a chicken mm-hmm. on the stage. Yeah. In Toronto in 1969. Okay. 
All right. And well, he says he threw the chicken back into the audience and the audience says they tore it. To, I mean, and he says the audience tore it to pieces. Hmm. I was also told everybody spit into a cup and he drank it. Are you talking about Sonny right now? Mm, no. Okay. <laughs> no. Cause you know, everybody's shit in a bucket and they threw it on her. What? Yeah. In the WWF, um, there was a gimmick for the Godwins and their gimmick was they were pig farmers, right? So yeah. Don't go messing with the country boy. Hillbilly Jim was their manager for a little while. And they would bring out these slop buckets. Like that's what they carried to feed the pigs. Well, the gimmick was they would take slop and then they would slop the heels. So it'd just be some concoction catering would make. Then they would throw it on the heels and fans would say like, Oh, it's gross. Whatever. Mm -hmm. Well, supposedly when she Mm -hmm. had a bunch of heat. I set that bucket in the locker room and somebody says, Hey, now this is the bucket we're going to use on Sonny. Don't anybody do anything with this. So of course, all the guys took turns, pissing in it, jacking off, taking shits in it, whatever. And then they slopped her with their, um, bodily fluids. Oh, that's a real story. Isn't yeah, it? Wrestling stiff son. Oh man. Oh man, I didn't need to hear that story, but it took the edge off the snake there a little bit. Having a look at the snake. Hmm. Hey, we're getting ready to see the iron cheek. Uh, and how about the, uh, the iron cheek impersonation that, uh, Efren did. Did you see that? Yeah. Oh man. Efren can do an iron cheek, man. Efren's probably done an Iron Sheik. Hey, the Mean Gene's going to come here and say, ladies and gentlemen, 93,000 fans in attendance. This is his big announcement. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we all are part of history in the making here this afternoon for WrestleMania 3. I have come to the Silver Dome like you to be part of this historic date, March the 29th, 1987. Thanks to our millions of fans all around the world and a special thanks as we have established all of us a brand new indoor attendance record of 93,000 Hell of a moment, man. Even though that was not the real number, it was still a hell of a moment. Without question. Thank you for saying that. I feel like we should also give a little context. What do you think you guys were doing 
in 87? Yeah. Good God. We hadn't done the clash of the champions yet. That started in 88. We were running, we were, uh, I don't know if the purchase of the Dallas office had that. It was during that year. Um, we were just running, uh, <laughs> we were running, uh, TBS running the South running, uh, TV in Spartanburg and Greenwood, South Carolina, Greenville, South Carolina. And they were going out and, you know, we were going to places. You mean to tell you what you're doing? Yeah, please. It's always fun for me to just sort of compare and contrast them, but you guys didn't run a show that day, but you did this, this particular day, right? Yeah. But you did run two shows. No, hang on. I was like the wrong day. Of course that happens to me now that we're recording. Yeah. Well, you know, we, a lot of times we ran double shots on Sundays. You you did run two shots Mm -hmm. and here you're in Charlotte and you're in Asheville. Right. One's a matinee. One's not. Usually, Asheville is usually the, the matinee, usually. Here's, uh, oh, of course. So, yeah. Asheville, uh, you're at the Civic Center. Right. Ricky Lee Jones, Brady Boone, Jimmy Valiant, Colt Steele, Bob Armstrong over Gary Royal, Ron Garvin over the Italian Stallion, who's subbing for Dennis Condry, Bobby Jaggers and Dutch Mantel over Thunderfoot 1 and 2, who are subbing for the Mod Squad. The, the United States champion, Nikita Koloff, Barry Windham, and Wahoo McDaniel would go over the television champion, Tully Blanchard, Arn Anderson, and Lex Luger. Ric Flair would beat Brad Armstrong. Jimmy Jam Garvin would beat Bobby Eaton. And Ole Anderson would beat Big Bubba in a Louisville street fight. That night, you guys cruised up to Charlotte. Tim Horner beat George South. Jimmy Garvin beat Ricky Nelson. Lex and Arn beat Wahoo and Brad Armstrong. Ole defeated the TV champion, Tully Blanchard by DQ. Ronnie Garvin beat Bobby Eaton in a lights out match. Dusty Rhodes and Nikita Koloff and Ivan Koloff, or I'm sorry, would beat Ivan Koloff and Dick Murdoch by disqualification. Ric Flair would beat Barry Windham, which had to be a hell of a match. And then the NWA tag team champions, Rick Rude and Manny Fernandez would beat Ricky Morton and Robert Gibson in your main event. Wow. Rude and the raging bull tag team champions. Those were eight matches in Charlotte that day. And that's kind of what they did in house shows. You know, they ran, they would run like, uh, five matches and then they would have an intermission. Then they would run a, what they would call a triple main event. Here come the killer bees, man. I don't even remember the killer bees being in, weren't they an AWA tag team? They were in the WWF. Watch your mouth. I didn't. Well, I, I guess I, well, okay. I remember Brunzel and, uh, and Greg Gagne and Brian Blair is cauliflower alley guy now, right? That's right. By the way, you guys ran Detroit a lot later in the year. You ran it September 25th and drew 8,000. Uh, you came back on October 18th and you drew a thousand. Uh, and then you came back on December 26th. I don't know what you drew there, but. It was a uh, red warrior Hawk winning a bunkhouse stampede match. Ronnie Garvin won the world title there too in Detroit that year. Yeah. In a steel cage, if I believe. Right. That was right. That was right before uh star cage. So that was probably the October show. No, September 25th. It was your debut at the venue. 
Okay. So when you're there with uh, Ronnie Garvin challenging Ric Flair in a cage match, you draw eight thousand. Mm-hmm. You come back a month later with uh, Ronnie Garvin as champion, thousand folks. Mm. Uh, by the way, the next month in October, it would be Flair and Luger taking on Garvin and Dusty in your main event. So it seems like that would draw, right? I mean, Flair and Luger, big names against Garvin, your champ, and Dusty Rhodes, big name, right? Thousand motherfuckers. Mm. Can you imagine how empty Joe Lewis looks with a thousand people there too? Wow. <laughs> oh, good God. It just showed you the difference in the companies and you know, you couldn't, you couldn't compete with Vince with a, with a shoestring staff, if I can use that term or, or a skeleton staff is what we had. We didn't have a, we didn't have a. We did not have a media relations person. We did not have a PR person. We didn't. They had me do some things at Jim Crockett Promotions, but it was they never gave me any uh, guidance on what to do. It was just really run as a small-time operation. No way to compete. I want to play a little bit of the WrestleMania 3 theme song, the showcase of the immortals. Can I do that? Sure. It's every now and again you get kind of pissy. No. Ah, that ain't it. Fuck them. That That sounds like Alice Cooper. Okay. Meanwhile, the Iron Sheik and Nikolai Volkov against the Killer Bees. Is that Duggan down the floor? Yeah, it's Duggan. Is this the right one? Perhaps. Yes. <laughs> you jamming out? Look at all the trash in the ring. Yeah. This is a replay, isn't it? No, I wish. Aretha Franklin? Oh, I thought you said a replay. <laughs> no, it's Aretha. No, I thought you were saying this is a replay. I was like, I, I wish. I wish it was over. Just fucking get out of here. Yeah. You know, can you imagine if you've sat here for this whole show and you really want to see Hulk Hogan and Andre the Giant because your ass cheeks are going dead, but instead <laughs> you got to sit through the Iron Fucking Sheik and the key, and Nikolai Volkov with the goddamn Killer Bees? <laughs> Yeah, it's one of those matches where they should have well, you know what they had to they had to buffer after that steamboat match, they had to they had a little bit of a buffer. So they had two matches prior to Hogan and Hogan and Andre, which as we now know, Dave Meltzer says a minus four and a half star match. Has he ever given a match a lower number? Lower, uh, a lower rating. Oh, I'm sure. I think, I think one of those triple cage matches, he gave like negative 37 stars or something. <laughs> yeah. That one match that we had where, uh, they tried to kill Hulkamania. Remember that one? Was that an uncensored? Yeah. Yeah. Where he fought like 30 guys and it was uncensored 95. Yeah. Right. We've covered that. That's in the archives. Well, that may have been 96. He, yeah. he gave, um, the Royal family versus clowns are us at survivor series 94. He gave that yeah. minus two and a half stars. 
Really? Mm-hmm. Was that the one where uh, uh, the, Jerry Lawler was supposed to be in it? Yeah. No, no, yeah, he was in it. And so, then um, the the J- midget chased him around the ring. You got it. Right. Jake Roberts w- and Andre the Giant at WrestleMania Five got minus three stars. I, I think he had like an, an anti-Andre bias. Well, let me tell you something about the 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 small guys or the midgets, if you will, chasing Jerry Lawler around the ring. I watched. We were living at '94, right? Yeah. Okay, living here in Georgia, in this house, we watched Survivor Series that night, and my young kids. That's 1994. My young kids loved those midgets chasing Lawler around the ring. They laughed and clapped. That was their favorite part of that whole show. So as much as he may have hated it as a pure wrestling match, kids loved it. I saw the reaction of my kids in that one. I want to mention that um, Al Snow and Big Boss Man in a cage at Unforgiven 99 also got negative three stars. Hmm. So did uh, Pat Patterson and Gerald Briscoe in a uh, evening gown match at King of the Ring 2000. That got minus three stars. Well, yeah, you would give that minus three stars them just walking in the ring. I like those guys. They're good guys. Yeah, but an evening gown match? Finley and Little Bastard versus Boogeyman and Little Boogeyman at No Way Out 07 got uh, minus three stars. By the way, we need to watch that on Patreon. Uh, Ultimate Warrior Goldust at In Your House 7 got minus three and a half stars. Ooh. Hulk Hogan and Andre here, of course, at WrestleMania 3 was minus four stars. Bushwhackers and Fabulous Rousseau's at WrestleMania 5, where the Bushwhackers jacked off one of the Rousseau brothers live on pay-per-view, got mm-hmm. minus four stars. <laughs> you remember that when they beat him off? I was there, but I don't remember that happening. Uh, junkyard dog and moon dog spot on the wrestling classic mm-hmm. got minus five stars. Mm, I can imagine that. And, wow. um, Mr. T and Roddy Piper at WrestleMania two minus five stars. Well, there you go. So here we go. Regardless how many stars you want to give it or how many negative stars you want to give it. It's a match that everyone remembers. And I think the. And, and even Meltzer brought this up. Uh, I even think the, the standoff, and now they're, they're showing the replay here of what we just, this tag team match. I think the standoff between Hogan and Andre was one of the, uh, bigger moments to me. It, it brought the, uh, it made it the match big. Does that make any sense to you when they're looking at each other and Hogan's looking up to see how big this guy really is. And this big guy is no, and we're going to see it here in a minute. This big guy is not backing down at all from Hogan and Hogan's looking around like, what have I got myself into? I just thought it was one of those moments that some non-action made it really big. Here we go. Andre the giant in the biggest title match of all time. I want to get your thoughts. Jim, you'll see me now and I'm going to the ring and bury me. And I'm going to take me too long to come back right in the front of the camera with the wall. Championship belt, one by waist. Bobby. Oh, I can feel it. Oh, the adrenaline's going. This man right here is going to make me famous. He's going to become the heavyweight champion of the world, and I'm going to go down the history books as the manager of the world's heavyweight champion. I'm ready. Hogan, you better be ready. Boy, what a story leading up to this one. Here's two guys just who are almost brothers, you might say. 
And this is going to turn out to be literally a brother against brother inside. Let's take a look at some of the things leading up to this title match. It was a good story leading up to this. Don't you think so? It was, you know, the Piper's pit segment is probably yeah. the most famous, but they're going way back to the beginning when Hogan right. first won the world title, January 24th, 1984, Madison square garden. We're backstage and we see Andre giving a champagne bath to the new champion and, uh, really helping him celebrate as Hogan's understanding for the first time what champagne in the eyes is really all about. <laughs> and you ever see King Kong Bundy and, uh, big John Stone really giving Andre the business and Hulk Hogan ducks out in a tuxedo. And here he is cleaning house, trying to save his brother, Andre. And he's doing it again. Another time when they had him on Saturday night's main event, this time pinned in the ropes. They were tag team partners here and you can see Andre is really, really out of shape here, mm-hmm. but here we are on Piper's pit. And, uh, this is where things would start to look a little different. WF, I'd like to thank you for recognizing in my book, the real champion of superstars all over the world. That's Andre. I will produce Andre the giant right here next week. Can you produce Hogan? Look at me when I'm talking to you. I'm there for one reason. To challenge you for a world championship match in the WrestleMania. Andre, please, no, it's not happening, man. We're friends. We're friends, Andre, please. You can't believe it? Maybe you'll believe this, Hogan. Andre, what are you doing, man? You can't leave like this, man. What are you doing, Andre? Yes or no? Are you or are you not going to fight him in WrestleMania 3 for the World Heavyweight Championship? Yes or no? Yeah! Man, everything about that is so classic. I love when Andre snatches the shirt. He also tears Hogan's cross, his gold cross off his neck. But his fingernail clips Hogan's chest and a little trickle of blood comes down. And it's a real classic moment where everything's sort of quiet for a minute. And Andre or Piper says, you're bleeding. Here's the mm-hmm. promo from right before Hulk Hogan. Here we go. Oh, Pontiac, Michigan recovers, man. I'm glad I snuck in early last night, brother. I didn't realize the interstates, the Pontiac Silverdome was in danger. Not the 90,000 plus on the inside. It's the 90,000 plus on the outside of the Silverdome. Those are the ones I'm worried about because when I get my hands on that big, nasty giant, when he faces the truth, when he feels the wrath of Hulkamania, the day the whole earth is going to shake, what are those 90,000 plus Hulkamaniacs on the outside going to think i'm not worried about the people with the closed circuit i'm not worried about the people all around the world they'll see it but the intensity of hulkamania the way it's turned this whole state upside down the way the whole world's turned upside down what are they gonna think when the giant hits the ground he feels the wrath of hulkamania and the whole world shakes at my feet we could conceivably blow the roof off this great facility the silver dome right now let's go back to the booth you know, that, uh, that Piper's pit where he asked Hulk Hogan, yes or no, are you going to face Andre the Giant at WrestleMania? I thought what sold that was that great reaction shot that they got of the fans when Hogan went yes and the fans stood up and cheered. Oh, it's great. But I loved, yeah. 
just the over the top. Yeah. Right. It's, I mean, it's right. so cartoonish, but so fun. Sure it is. All right. What a crazy show this is for us to go back and visit. I know. How did you watch this the first time? I mean, it was when it was live in 87. How, how did you see this? Wow. Uh, you know what? I didn't see it. Really? Yeah, I didn't. I went back and I watched it when I went to work there in 89. And uh, wanted to see it, wanted to go back and watch it. And, you know, I spent I spent hours upon hours going through the, the WWE, or the back then, obviously, WWF library, watching, looking at videotape. Trying to figure out, you know, some, because we had to put together a, 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 a match or a Coliseum video a month, best of WrestleMania, best of WrestleMania matches, the best of Hogan, who knows what all we put together. So I spent hours upon hours going back and looking through entire shows. And that was the first time I saw this. So I didn't watch it live. No. What were you, uh, I mean, what was the talk at Crockett? when this happened, I mean, when you yeah. show up to, you know, the building or whatever, the next time you're in the office, you get everybody together. When you're next time you're around your compatriots, your coworkers, what are people saying about this? Well, I, I think, uh, what I first remember is the, the interview day that we had the Wednesday after this happened and all the boys were talking about how many fans they had. And, you know, there was a, a certain feeling that, you know, this was obviously sending wrestling, making wrestling big into the mainstream, but there was also a feeling that, you know, they didn't, with the exception of maybe Steamboat and Macho Man, that they didn't have a bunch of great workers and we had the better workers, but we weren't drawing the big money like they were. And there was a realization, I think with the boys that, uh, we were way behind. You know, for forever in a day, Ric Flair would, would do some promos in the back that would just be, I don't know if any of them ended up going out on all the shows on a nationwide level, but I did many promos where Ric Flair says people are trying to been trying to get out of New York for years and I've been trying to get in. And we all knew what he meant. I mean, do you think Crockett knew what he meant? I know. I don't think Crockett was paying attention to it. I think it ended up being on local promos. Maybe Jackie saw it, but Jimmy Crockett wasn't back there, nor David was back there listening to what Flair said. And it wasn't on TV where Jimmy Crockett was, you know, when we taped TV and Flair would come out and do interviews, Jimmy was in the truck or David was, David was in the truck and they, they would see what happened. But those local promos where we just did one local promo after one local promo after one local promo, they never saw that. And I guess the word never got back to him. How great is this entrance here? Iconic. All the trash coming in. Yeah. About this outfit that Bobby's wearing. Sharp. Bobby has gone on record as saying that his payday from this show helped set him up for retirement. Doesn't surprise me. 
What was your biggest payday single show? My biggest payday was a, uh, my biggest payday was $15,000 and that, that was for doing a video game. Fucking A. Yeah. Uh, that's after, after I did my first video game for EA sports. Yeah. I got a, I got a check for $15,000, which was, which was $5,000 more. And I made my first year in baseball the entire year, which I, I don't want to get into this too deeply here. And I like to get into this match a little bit more, but, uh, I know you like all of us, uh, saw the, uh, and, or either saw or heard about the, oh, the John Oliver thing about Vince. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's cover it in a minute. First, let's enjoy this Hulk Hogan introduction. Okay. my line jess uh, <laughs> uh so this this stare down to me was even though you know uh, Meltzer, i think we've already covered it Meltzer didn't think there was much about it i love i love this i agree it's great stuff man yeah it is great match may have not been the best but it was great stuff hey the only thing i want to say about the john oliver thing is that as much as you may think that I'm bullshitting you here, I did not realize the boys weren't covered on insurance. I thought they were all covered now. So that kind of surprised me. So that's the only thing I want to say about that. I mean, I think people want more than that now that you've teed it up here. <laughs> no, I really, that's, I, I'm just, I was shocked. I thought they were, were covered, but I, I, Listen, it's hard. Well, look at this. And he almost beat him right there. One, two. Heenan thought he won it. By the way, they would use that storyline for a long time because it right. was a slow count. Didn't look like he kicked out right away. It did look like if you actually count, he had him for three. Mm -hmm. And they would use that as a reason to have rematches and, you know, for their few continuing that it should have been over right then and there. But of course, it wasn't. Right. I think they got as much out of Andre as they could in this match. I really do because of, you know, how he was and how his health was at that time. And his career was on the way down. So anyway, back to the John Oliver thing. Uh, you know, they have trouble 
they say the problems uh, that that football's having right now, more problems than anything else is getting insured because of con- concussion syndrome and all of that. So maybe it's not easy to insure pro wrestlers anymore. I don't know, but I was surprised that that they're uninsured. I love the shot here. They would shoot Andre from below, shoot him up, right. made him look even bigger. Mm-hmm. Look at all the flash bulbs going off. That's crazy. I was thinking about that when they were first you know, announcing yeah. everybody. It's unbelievable. Yeah, it's it's funny, you know, in the world that that we lived in at that time in in pro wrestling. On the inside, we, we talked about who is a great worker and Hulk Hogan wasn't a great worker, but for somebody that a lot of people felt wasn't a great worker, how in the, what, what, how did this all happen? Right. You know, Bruce Pritchard said many times that Hulk Hogan, he told me this, that Hulk Hogan was the best worker in the business. Yeah. Why? Because he drew the most money. Yeah. He says that, uh. Hogan told him once the best worker in the business is the guy who makes the most money. So that makes Vince the best worker. And I'm the second best worker. Right. And if you think about it, what, what, what drew this house, right? Hogan and, uh, and Andre did without question. Thank you. So I just, uh, I just think that, uh, for all his, Lack of work, as they said, it was pretty damn cool. And Andre, obviously Andre is moving slow and he can't do much of anything here. Yeah. He's hurting. Yeah, he is. You ever hear Hogan's story about this match where he didn't know if he was going to win or not. Oh yeah. That the fact that if Andre wanted to beat him, right? Yeah. Andre could have beat him. Yeah, I've heard that story. And he wasn't sure during the day that Andre was going to do the job, right? That's right. It's a great story. It really is. So I don't know what goes into... Meltzer, and I'm, I'm making too much out of what Dave says here, I know, but what goes in for Meltzer calling a match a minus four and a half star match? Is it the work rate? Is it the storyline that building is building up to it? Is the finish? I, I, I don't know. I mean, what, what goes in? What's he doesn't like slow plotting big man moves. He wants more action, less of a, okay. I get that. But, but the fans are into this and they're That's into exactly this. Right. I swear. I've, I've always felt the same thing. Like I heard an interview a long time ago with Michael Hayes when he was on Steve Austin's podcast back when Steve was podcasting. And he said, uh, man, the magic in wrestling is to get them to stand up and get them to sit back down. Mm-hmm. And you, you know, and once I really heard that and understood what he meant now, whenever I watch wrestling, especially when I'm live in the crowd. I look around and I see when people are standing up and then sitting back down, standing up and sitting back down. I mean, if they're not doing anything, then how much do you really have them? But when they're just going bananas, 
it's working. So yeah. I judge whether or not something's good or whether or not something's over based on how the crowd reacts. And if they're into right. it, then fuck it out. It worked. Sure. I think this whole storyline works. And when you got Andre the giant at this age and you, you don't expect him to flip and fly around like a Ricky steamboat. Um, but you're expecting a guy that, you know, Hogan's always gone after the big guys and this is the biggest one he's had to face. I just, I like the whole storyline behind this. I really do. Now here's the, the bear hug. Hogan doing a great job of selling it. Now you see Conrad, you get the bone of the forearms. You get it under those floating ribs there and you pull up and you force the air out of the lungs and you compact those ribs and you pull in on the spine. It's so painful. Hogan with his feet trying to gather some balance and keep the leverage off the spine, but he can't do it because Andre is so big and so strong and the lights just went out on that side. So see, you can make it believable. You really can. It was too long of a bear hug though. Yeah, I, but I don't know what the, what's the proper length for a bear hug. I, oh, I don't know. Fuck off with that. I don't know what's the proper length for a bear hug. Is it two minutes? Is it 30 seconds? Uh, let's call Lois and ask her how long she likes it. <laughs> Did I send you that funny uh, meme <laughs> of a farmer this week? No, you didn't. You still haven't sent me the number. You still haven't sent me the number of our after party person either. Well, it's not how you think of this. It's not. No. Well, I'm disappointed now. I was excited at one time, but I'm disappointed now. You'll be fine. Okay. You don't think? I don't know. So the, the funny meme, mm -hmm. <laughs> I know I'm going to hell for this, but it's just hilarious to me. Yeah. Well, maybe I'm not. Yeah. Picture, you, you've listened. You're, you've been headed there a side. long time ago. Yeah. 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 Okay. This picture of a farmer standing in a field, got his farmer outfit on like he likes it. And above him, it says when you nut in under two minutes and she asks, is that it? You see the picture of the farmer in the field, got his hat. Like he likes it. His overalls, his flannel shirt. And then underneath him, it says it ain't much, but it's honest work. It is the most Tony Schiavone meme ever. It murdered me. <laughs> Cause I can just imagine you climbing off some poor girl. Oh, Jesus Christ. And you hit, you, and you hit her with, it ain't much, but it's, <laughs> it's <honest> work. <laughs> Climbing off some poor girl. After the after party, you're like, Conrad said, I got to get somebody pregnant. Oh God. Why is that so funny to me? Okay. So, so they just broke the, uh, they just broke the, uh, yeah, I fell asleep. No, it was, it was okay. He, he fought himself out, man. Look, Andre, the giants got you in a bear hug, man. Biggest guy in wrestling. Let me, let me be clear. I love Hulk Hogan. He can okay. do no wrong. Okay. I know that doesn't make me popular, but I'll defend it. I don't give a yep. shit. I was a little Hulkamaniac when I was a kid. Sure. I'm not talking about Terry Bollea. I'm not talking about any of the bullshit reasons you don't like Hulk Hogan. 
right. Hulk Hogan is the reason I was a wrestling fan. So I'll all, he'll always be like He-Man and G.I. Joe to me. Sure. And I was that, never an Andre guy, but my great friend, Mr. Cole Cuba, he is a huge Andre fan, which I don't really, really get. I don't understand how anybody's really an Andre guy. Well, uh, Cole's an Auburn guy too, isn't he? Did he play at Auburn? Yeah. So he ain't got a taste for shit. No, he doesn't. He's, he's a fucking cheater. In fairness, he, mm-hmm. he went to Auburn because they, they you know, gave they him a scholarship. Him. Just like right. you're a bulldog because they pay you. But if they quit paying you magically, you like the bulldogs a little less. Mm. You can be quiet on that. We know the truth. You know, so you were talking about Cole Cubic and all of a sudden it came back to me for yeah. some ungodly reason. Of course. So he's always an Andre Giant fan? Yeah. Cole was, yeah. Hmm. There you go. Pull it out, <laughs> so to speak. Can you imagine if he... Gave him a package pile driver right there on the concrete. Mm. That's what I needed. Mm. Oh, that was pretty shitty. (laughs) (laughs) Here we are saying, why was Meltzer so mean? And then you see that and you're like, oh, okay. Yeah. I understand. Right. This is our bad. Dave, you're right. We're sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Minus four and a half. Fuck. No, but here's what I want to happen. I want Hogan to get Andre out on the apron and give him a pile driver on the apron. Mm-hmm. Maybe you could pick him up and do a power bomb into the turnbuckles. Drag him over to the, the post and do a figure four around the ring post. Look at the fans go fucking nuts when he pokes up. You know what they're looking for. They're ready for that Meltzer driver. (laughs) They need brother Rudolph to come hold him. And then Hogan will do a flippity do spike his ass. Here he comes. Flash bulbs. People going, people standing. Here we go. Here's there. It is. Holy shit. Look at the flash bulbs. Yeah. Look at the end. Just a, a slam and the leg drop. Here's what's crazy to me about that. Don't you just assume with Hulk Hogan that you're going to get the standard throw a punch, throw a punch, block it, throw a punch, throw a punch, throw a punch into the yeah. ropes, big boot leg drop. Yeah. But instead it was just body slam leg drop. Right. But that was the body drop or the body slam that I mean, it's probably the most famous body slam ever. Is it not? Oh, without question. Now they've got, uh, Bob Euchre in the ring. Did you, did Euchre interview him after? Yeah. Wrestling Federation heavyweight champion. Sure. Everybody gets out of the ring. That was one thing he did. Everyone got out of the ring because it was Hulk's domain. Hogan must pose. Mm-hmm. He's going to do a fair amount of it. Meltzer would write strictly from wrestling standpoint, as big shows go, this doesn't rank near the top last year's WrestleMania while not nearly as successful financially. And in many ways, a worse promotion actually provided more good matches. The Bulldogs match with Valentine beefcake was almost 
good as this show's Savage Steamboat highlight. However, the Funk's match with JYD and Santana was better than Piper Adonis, and Steamboat Hernandez was also better than almost anything on the show. It really can't touch the Starcade show for action, except for possibly the 84 show. As for Texas Stadium's original show in 84 with Flair and Kerry Von Eric title change, while this show did not have the emotion as a product, it was infinitely better and the wrestling was much better as well. So what's next? Well, Roddy Piper will be gone for a while. Andre and junk food appear to be history as well. And judging by their performances, none too soon. Adonis and beefcake is the obvious feud. And, uh, my guess is it will be disappointing. Adrian didn't draw well with Piper. So how can they expect too much with beefcake? Maybe Duggan versus Sheik or Volkov. Anything higher than fourth from the top, and that won't help. Valentine and Bravo versus the Rougeos, strictly prelim material. Jake and Honky Tonk, they did a good job of keeping it alive, but I don't see it as headline material because I don't think people take Honky Tonk Man as a main eventer. Haynes and Hernandez, obviously they'll continue. Maybe they'll hit the chain match series this spring. Bulldogs and Heart Foundation, too many intangibles to worry about here, but no matter what, it ain't main event material. Reed and Santana, certainly not. So he's just running down why everything sucks and nothing can be a main event moving forward. But, you know, in the end, it drew huge business. He would say, the only headline feud I see is Savage versus Steamboat, and it has already peaked. Uh, and Hogan versus anyone. It's almost like in sports vernacular, it's a rebuilding season. They've got a month off to get it off the ground. Yikes. He was just completely shitting on everything here. Yeah, you're right. He had a hard on for, for Vince and the WWF and Hogan. And, and you know, for some of the fans, this part of it, this posing and that's what they want. That's right. That they, that's, that's exactly right. This was the big deal. By the way, they didn't run anything until April 23rd. And that was a TV taping in Worcester mass. And the 24th, they did a taping in new Haven and a regular house show started the next day in Buffalo and Baltimore. And then they did a Saturday night's main event in South Bend, Indiana and uh, April 28th. So they took a, you know, nearly a month off three weeks and change. Pretty cool of them to do that. Well, they were all, all the boys were lavishing in the big payday too. Did you ever hear any numbers of paydays? What any, what any number anybody got for this? You mentioned that Heenan, you know, made his retirement on this one payday. Do you ever hear any numbers? We need to do some research on that. Yeah. Be interesting to see what the payday was. I know that Jake has said that there were boxes of cash from the merchandise. Like the merch guys literally just had like big boxes just filled to the brim with cash. Yeah. Just from the merch. And I'm sure most of them were the yellow and the red. By the way, it's worth mentioning Hulk Hogan still has that title in his hand. You can see it at his beach shop in Florida. You should go see it. He signed the front of it, which I maybe wouldn't have done. I love that they jack up the, uh, his platform. So fans can see him a little more. Uh-huh. And get some pictures. It's still sort of in vogue for some fans to throw trash. Even a Hogan. I slammed him. He says, as he drifts out of sight. 
But let's also say the Giant was ready and gave it one hell of a try. He certainly was. Early on in the match, it looked like that Andre was going to put away with ease the world's heavyweight champion. That's right. There you there see the comes. replay right there. Boom. Oh. There's the body slam of 525 pounds. Hogan then hitting the ropes, coming off with the big leg drop, drops the leg, stuns the Giant enough. One, two, and three. It's over. The champion stays the champion. I think that reaction of the fans on that replay when he picked him up and slammed him says it all, doesn't it? It does. You know, no matter what people thought of the, uh, the quote unquote work rate, the fans were into it. And if the paying customer is, is digging it, they'll, they'll buy more of it. And right. We hope that you guys will continue to buy what we're selling here, which is uh two buddies watching wrestling and, uh, having a little yuck, yuck in between, uh, the talking heads are going to wrap us up here and they'll probably show a replay, but. For all intents and purposes, that's the end of WrestleMania three. And I wish I had that uh, WrestleMania three t-shirt and I wish you had that red blazer and bow tie. <laughs> oh, God bless gorilla monsoon. One of the great men in wrestling. I'm missing without question. And yeah, Tony, I can't help but feel like as I look at my clock that it's about that time. It is about that time, ladies and gentlemen. And now WrestleMania three is in the rearview mirror. And now we have to wonder what is left for Tony Schiavone and Conrad Thompson to talk about in the weeks to come. Will they watch more WrestleManias? Will they sit down and watch eight hours of a WrestleMania and watch it with you? The answer to that is fuck. No, we won't do that, but we will come back next week with more. What happened when, because we're on the MLW radio network and we come to you each and every week on Monday on Patron promotional consideration paid for by the following. Everybody talking about BoxyGimmicks.com, yeah, with new items each week, yeah, the official store of what happened when, uh uh-huh, 83 weeks, yeah, something to wrestle with, uh uh-huh, yeah, so go on, log on with your computer, get on there and cook your mouse, yeah, use your iPhone, yeah, get your gimmicks. And by patreon.com forward slash WHW Monday. Yeah. Want to be a low key big on? Yeah. Or a glass bottom boat rider? Yeah. How about a member of the Hot Tag Express? Yeah. Come on. Tag me in. Tag me in. Let's go. Yeah. How about Slapdick Nation? Yeah. Slapdicks. Yeah. Chuck Fulf. Too many of them. Yeah. No, but we want more. Yeah. Join Conrad Thompson, Tony Schiavone. Yeah. My main man. Yeah. The big T. Big Tone. Yeah. With bonus podcast, behind the scenes videos. Yeah. Live weekly chats and other shit that Tony's thinking of. Yeah. Cause he's smart. Yeah. Big T. My man. Thinking ahead. Yeah. And by LewisRules.com. Yeah. Everybody loves Louis Shimani, uh-huh. And she's selling t-shirts. You log on that website, she'll bring you a t-shirt. Yeah, maybe Tony will call you. But just put Louis on. You want to talk to her anyway? Yeah, LouisRules.com. And by What Happened When? Yeah, live in St. Louis. Yeah, where the Redbirds play. Yeah, get some ribs. Yeah, St. Louis styles. Saturday, June 22nd. At 9 p.m. Yeah, off Broadway. Yeah, tickets available at etickets.com. E-T-I-X.com. Yeah, 
and don't forget, know what happened when live, Baltimore, Sunday, June 23rd at noon, Jimmy's Famous Seafood, been there, yeah, get some crab cakes, put a little old bay on it, yeah, eat them up, yeah, they're delicious, yeah, so what you're gonna do, yeah, get your ass to Baltimore, yeah, go to Jimmy's Famous Seafood, yeah, at noon, yeah, Get some crab cakes. Yeah, go out, check out my main man, T. And get your tickets at jimmysfamousseafood.com. Yeah.